What's up, guys? Welcome back. How you doing, Aaron? Doing well, man. Glad Thanks for having me back. back. Yeah, appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All the time. I'm glad to have you back. So let's just jump right into this, dude. Uh, let's hear about um, this this Hunter Biden laptop stuff. Start man. Again. deep in. Yeah, yeah, right. Just let's just Speak jump first, into deep dude. in. Welcome back. <laughs> Not even how are you? Yeah. Back 30 seconds into the I Can't Fire podcast. Uh, Hunter Biden laptop. Hunter go. Biden. Hey, feelings. Let's, go ahead. So listen, man, here, here's the thing about this is, you know, everybody's best playing. Joey Behar. Oh, my God. The televised <laughs> mental institution that is the view. Yeah. I stole yeah. that from Dave Rubin, but it's it's so true. It so the thing the about this this whole thing, right, is there's there's always this house of cards. And let me start off by saying I don't have any political affiliations. I don't care. People will often hit me up on the page and be like, oh, you only do, do stuff against the left. Well, it's because you go where there's content, okay? If you notice, sure. there's, there's a whole lot of independent analysts, and I love how you use that term, you know, before You're we welcome. came on here. But there's a whole bunch of independent analysts that are looking at a whole bunch of things and they're going, hey, wait a second. None mm-hmm. of this seems to make sense. And the Hunter laptop is sort of the it's everything wrapped into one for all of our problems. So it's not even just that it's, it's the laptop. It's indicative of the entire system that people are starting to wake up to. Even middle of the road, independent, non-voting conservatives are like, mm-hmm. hold on. Like there is just too much stuff. So if you want to go all the way back to the beginning, you know, Hunter Biden, uh, noted crackhead. Gets, uh, gets all cracked up, and he accidentally leaves his laptop at a MacBook repair shop um, with a guy, signs it out himself. He leaves it there forever. This is happening during the 2016 election cycle. So mm-hmm. he leaves this laptop in this place, and people start to get a hold of it. The guy says, you know, that the laptop uh, shop dude essentially is just like, hey, I got this laptop. It's Hunter Biden's. It's super weird. And now we're going to Tarantino in a bit. As we look back a million things with this laptop happened, right? And it, it wasn't just the impropriety on the laptop. You know, there's like 130 incidents of sex trafficking. There's Hunter and the emails and there's, you know, descriptions of money that the he was getting guy. from, from yeah, the big guy. And that's, this is where all this stuff started breaking, right? And it's a weird thing, but I want to start kind of like a through line here. I want to start a, a thread sure. of, of how to, you know, the two sides of this issue are kind of looking at it. One side, I had a good friend look, you know, hit me up about Devin Archer's testimony, right? So Devin mm-hmm. Archer, Hunter's business partner just went and testified that not only did Joe know everything about the business dealings, but he often engaged in the business dealings, showing up at him, getting on the phone, so on and so forth. And he, he, my friend hit me up and he goes, Hey man, I'm reading through, I'm like 45 pages through this, this stuff. And this isn't blowing my hair back, man. And I was like, well, that's cause you're not looking at it. Like from a 10,000 foot view, you're looking at mm-hmm. just the testimony that the guy said, right? Right. So what started happening with this back when the Hunter Biden laptop, the laptop from hell started breaking is that immediately it was labeled misinformation. This ties in with big tech. This ties in with Zuckerberg and Meta. And immediately the New York Times, you could not DM on Twitter. You couldn't DM the Hunter Biden laptop story. They were right. asked specifically by the FBI. And the way that they did this is they implied that it was Russian dis or misinformation. There's actually a mm-hmm. new term that they had to make up. Um Mal information, right? information, information was yep. actually true. They just didn't like the way that it affected the narrative, right? Right. right? Problematic for the narrative. Mm-hmm. And so that stuff all started breaking as the 2016 election was happening. And Donald Trump started shouting it from a rooftops. If you remember, the mm-hmm. first impeachment with Donald Trump was on a phone to a Ukrainian, you know, a Ukrainian uh, official, the Ukrainian president essentially saying, listen, there was a prosecutor that was fired by Joe Biden now famously. Joe Biden said that he was going to withhold a billion. This is on video. I'm going to withhold a billion dollars of aid unless you fire this fire this prosecutor looking into yep. Burisma 
and his son and his business in Ukraine. And the guy said, well, you're not the president. Joe Biden famously said, well, go call him. And then, um, you know, six, he's like, I'm getting on a plane in six hours. Unless you file with the prosecutor, I am not going to give you this billion dollars. That is what he said on film. The, the thing mm-hmm. with the laptop here is that it's evolved. And this is where I love, you know, the, the media fact checkers and where I love a lot of the things that we've learned since the Hunter Biden laptop broke right. is you look at the evolution of the Hunter Biden laptop and it's not necessarily just the laptop. The laptop is a totem for everything that's gone wrong with how it is that we ingest information and how it is that we now know that these agencies have been weaponized against us learning the truth. And that's why, you know, you see, I I like to think of myself as, you know, somewhat measured. I like to think that I do my own independent research and I don't talk like crazy stuff. Like there's some theories out there that even I'm just like, how How are you connecting those dots, dude? You know what I mean? Like it's flat. Oh, Hey, first of all, the earth is flat. You're oh, just married. You're just making crazy what? theory. You're just, what? that's not, that's not far <laughs> enough for me, baby. I'm, that's not what I'm talking about now. So, <laughs> oh. um, so, you know, you look at the, you kind of look at the Hunter Biden laptop stuff and you're like, how can you not put these things together? The, and it's, yeah. I, I told my friend that sent me the email and he's like, Hey, the Devin Ar- Archer testimony is like, it's not really blowing my hair back. And I was like, right on its own, that wouldn't blow your hair back. It's just a guy talking about, he was in business, whatever. When you start lumping in the fact that, Joe Biden was running point on Ukraine. His son got a job with Burisma, meaning $86,000 a month. He sent an email, Hunter did, to his grown adult daughter and said, I hope that one day you can provide for this family like for 30 years, which is what I'm doing for Pop. When you look at the the iCloud backup and it corroborates text messages where he's in the same house using the Biden name and the brand that Devin Mm -hmm. Archer talked about in order to get actual influence and actual policy done and acting as a foreign agent, you know, he's, in, strong in, army. he's 100%, you know, he's saying, Hey, I can get my, I can get my father on the phone. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, I've never taken Chinese money. No Hunter admitted in court, $664,000 of Chinese money from yep. CFC um, as, as a foreign agent. So, and, and again, you, you know, great podcast, um, you know, with your, your last guest that came on before me. So kudos to you guys, but there is mm-hmm. no such thing as private business in China. You must mm-hmm. have a CCP representative on every single yeah. board. They report directly to the CCP. So when you're doing business, like Hunter was doing, you're doing business with the Chinese communist party and that makes you a foreign agent. He's never registered as a foreign agent because he couldn't because mm-hmm. he's a felon that flies prostitutes from New York to LA and then labels it a business expense. Right. So What's the, crazy oh. there is that two two Navy sailors just got arrested and are being charged like espionage and stuff for yeah. receiving, I think, like $6,000 and then giving away secrets about like the boat and stuff. But then Hunter Biden does 600000 plus and it's just a like nothing. Estimates are, yeah, estimates are anywhere from $15 million all the way up to 31 I've seen estimates as high as $51 million through a number of 20 different LLCs where they tried to obfuscate where that money came from unsuccessfully because, again... Yeah. People like Dan Bongino, if you want to read a crazy book, you know, Dan Bongino put this out back in, uh, I don't know, I think the book name is Follow the Money, but it's, you know, episode mm-hmm. or uh, chapter number one is insane in the Ukraine. And what to watch that? him lay this out, he's been literally talking about this for six years, six or seven years. And yeah. th- the fact that now, like the normal population of people is starting to wake up and everybody keeps looking for this smoking gun. Well, it, Oh, well, Devin Archer's testimony wasn't the smoking gun and these tax returns where it says Joe Biden magically had five million extra dollars of income in 2017, 2018. And it happens to correlate to an email where Hunter wanted ten million dollars from Burisma and from China. Like, I I don't know what people need for proof at this point, you know. 
you know, it's just one of those things, like even after uh, World War II was over and they um, went and they freed all these these prisoners from the concentration camps. Some of these troops, American troops, Russian troops, marched the German citizens through these concentration camps and they still denied what they were looking at. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And you thought it was American have, propaganda. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Right. And what you're talking about essentially is, you know, a lot of it is technically circumstantial evidence. And people aren't going to even be convinced when you show them something in front of them, you know? So it's just one of these things where you have to keep saying what you want to say and keep talking about it because no one is ever going to get to the point where they believe it, even if it's right in front of them in black and white. And that's where we, that's the point we've reached. It's this ocean of information and people have a lot of excuses not to trust it. Well, all evidence is circumstantial until it's proved in court. All evidence is circumstantial. People are like, Oh, well that's Mm -hmm. circumstantial. You're right. I'm True. laying out the case for you so that you can line up all of these things to be like, okay, that exactly. actually outstrips circumstance. There's a, mm-hmm. a, a philosophical argument, right? And it's, it's taken from theology, but it's called the, guard of the, uh, the God of the gaps argument. And the God of the gaps mm-hmm. argument is an argument that atheists will use when theists point out, okay, well, look at A, look at B, mm-hmm. look at C, look at all of these things. But then they can't explain why. But then right. Z, their conclusion is that there, there has to be a God. And they go, no, no, no. You can't fill in that gap. You can't. That's the God of the gaps argument. The the God of the gaps argument is kind of being used in public discourse because you can lay it out for everybody. You know, just in the first, you know, what, 10 minutes of this podcast, we've sat here and I've told you about impropriety for a decade plus. And we know Mm -hmm. all these things. Nothing we've said here. You know, it was not Mm -hmm. Russian misinformation. It was true. Those text messages are correct. He did profit from it. He was in business with felons and fraudsters. And those people Mm -hmm. accessed the White House 27, as many as 36 times during Joe Biden's vice presidency. He had sway over another country's inner workings. He got Zelensky or uh, I'm blanking on the uh, Zlovchevsky, the Mm -hmm. prosecutor. He got him fired for looking into his son's business so that Mm -hmm. his son could peddle influence and gain monetarily. All those things are true. But it's like you lay all of those things out and then you go, okay, from all of these pieces of circumstantial, you know, evidence that I've essentially lined up now, I'm saying that Joe Biden is corrupt. He's a foreign agent and his son is corrupt. And that's an impeachable offense. They're like, well, no, you didn't prove it. No, you didn't prove it. You didn't prove he's corrupt. Like Joe, Joe didn't profit. Be like, what else do you need? What you're referencing is called the backfire effect. It's like there a cognitive go. bias that pretty much states that when you, when actual facts and evidence challenge an individual's beliefs, they will double down and reject it like immediately because mm-hmm. it goes against what they just thought for so long and they can't accept right. that they were wrong. Backfire sure. effect. Yeah, I just saw this thing, this couple in South Africa, and uh, they're a, a white couple, and their kids came out not white, and the guy doubled down on his wife not being a cheater. And it's like, hey, listen, man, I, I know that your entire reality just got checked, but um, let's have a conversation. So you're going to believe me or these lying eyes, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They're just tan. Uh, if this was <laughs> Donald Trump. If this was Donald Trump, it'd be all over the news. It'd be the only thing anybody talked about. But it's just sitting on the right. Anything mm-hmm. that's you know mostly right, right-wing media is all that's talking about it. And yeah. they do this every time. Because if they don't acknowledge it and it's only right-wing media that talks about it, then they can say, oh, this is a right-wing conspiracy. Sure. That's it. Yeah. And everything well, gets labeled as such right away. Yeah. Well, what they'll yeah. do is they'll just not talk about it for years and then – They'll just have a little random snippet, like at the bottom of a headline or something. It'll just like mm-hmm. talk about it real quick, and then it goes away. And then that way, they mm-hmm. can always say, "Well, no, we 
We came yeah. out and changed it. We we told you about it. It just wasn't mainstream. It's, it's buried in page, you know, paragraph sixteen on a Friday news dump of something that they've been saying forever that you know wasn't right. true. My my other yeah. favorite is the uh, the Republicans pounce right. So mm. the Democrats do something that's terrible. Anybody does something that's terrible, and then somebody notices and they go, "Wait a second, that's terrible." And they're like, "Oh, oh, really? Why, why are you? Why do you even care? Why are you even noticing? Like, wait, wait." Did you just try to turn this argument into why am I noticing? So it's like you can always tell <laughs> Republicans pounce on well-meaning drug addicted son of president. You know, for, like, exactly. That's not what we're doing. We're pointing out actual wrongdoing and you're turning this into, oh, we noticed it. So that's the issue. Like, right. You don't so who, find that who, odd. For, for sure. It's like, who's that freaking idiot again? Like here we are talking about the view again. Who's like, this is a story of a father's love. That's what really is going it on. It had to here. be Sonny Austin. Sonny Austin is Sonny, or yeah. Anna Navarro, maybe. There, I, I'll tell I you, don't even remember. The word, I think it was Anna Navarro. The absolute shit show that is that. Like, I just, I can't, I can't even see clips there, of it. I'm just like, what are you even talking about? Like, for for Whoopi Goldberg to say that Hitler wasn't racist and that the Holocaust wasn't about race, <laughs> she took a paid Not vacation and a break and then screwed it up again two days later. And somehow everybody's just okay with this. And we're like, yeah what's happening is this a thing like who yeah. who watches that I, I love the uh one of my favorite theories is that cnn or all these places wouldn't exist if uh they were not played in places like airports like you never see fox news on at an airport right like when you're walking through an airport it's always cnn like their mm-hmm. ratings are propped up almost entirely by tvs that are just on and running um it's something Probably. that once, once i noticed that i could never I like that theory well, I could I could never unnotice it too. Like now that I right. walk through every single airport line, it's never on Fox News. It's always on CNN. Well, it's funny you bring that up because I I had to go to the clinic on base today, and uh, I'm sitting there and I look over at the TV and it was the View, and I was like, "Who the hell in here is watching this?" Like, there's a bunch of <laughs> like 67 year old old vets. Like, some of these guys have <laughs> Vietnam vet hats on. Right. I'll tell you right now, they'd burn these women alive. You know what I mean? Like, who? None of them are listening. You know what no. I mean? Because it's they, AFN, even if they could listen, and they're just like the five free. It's not even channels. AFN. I'm, you know, I'm stateside. You know what I mean? Like it's just like who the fuck is actually watching this? Nobody. 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 Somehow it stays on air, man. I, I just it's, don't get it. That's when the is, takes dude. are so bad that you know it's just shouting. It's just harpies yelling at one another with pre-boiled talking points. Uh, they never had when they do have somebody of substance on it. Just it just resorts to just shouting uh, the conservatives mm-hmm. that are there don't really have any conservative values as far as i can tell you know yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's pretty wild pretty crazy it's it's kind of funny you bring that up about like these pre-picked talking points and all of the uh like the pel- teleprompters that they're probably reading and all that shit is the era of the podcast right this is not scripted we're having a conversation organically and live and so these people if you put them in those environments where they had to talk organically they probably couldn't you know, maybe some of them they now that they've think. been doing it, right. Maybe some of them now that they've been doing it for however long the view has been on, you know, could, could maybe sit and hold a conversation. But this, this is these alternate medias of Substack podcasting, all these things they have become so prevalent because people are sick and tired of the 10 minute soundbite and they're sick and tired of the teleprompter news and all that stuff. They want to listen to what other people have to say, you know, and that's why you see these people that that get so successful like Joe Rogan or Sean Ryan because they're not the news and they can sit and hold a conversation organically. And it's one of the reasons why, like, you know, having you on when we talk and there's other people we've had on too, that man, they they could just run like Dan Schilling, like that, that, that guy, I didn't even need to ask him a question. He could just Mm -hmm. go and speak like that is, 
that's special. And I had somebody today tell me when I ever talked, they actually were asking me about the podcast. They're like, man, that must be pretty easy. And I'm like, this is not actually as easy as you think it is. No, it's like not. aside from the time consuming portion of this, you know, sitting here trying to find people to come on and then having conversations with people, many of them you have never even met. You know what I mean? Like I'm these are it's not that easy. You know what I mean? And so it's just it's just funny that you bring that up because that's that's become so so dominant now is, is podcasting and people well, and alternate media. Podcasts are like organic conversations almost. And right. they're they're common sense conversations where you have to think before you speak and actually listen to what the other person's saying. It's not a script, it's not some random bite that you gotta say, it's not that stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's Before, why they couldn't do it because they, they can't have more than one thought in their head. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. It's hard to suss that nuance out. It's hard to have a real time conversation. I'm going to be wrong. I, I've probably already said some number or something that somebody can can look up and be like, no, that was wrong. Or, you know, objectively yeah. that, that it wasn't true. But, you know, when you're trying to be transparent, you're trying to communicate. I think it's people have a hunger for it. Because mm-hmm. now, you know, number one, there's a realization that everything that we've been taking in is packaged. You just need to look at one of those two minute clips where it builds from one newscaster saying the, the newscaster saying one thing, and then it's yep. two newscasters saying, and then it's doubled, and then it's an entire screen of people saying those the exact the same. Thing. I've seen that. Dude, those give me the creeps. Crazy, right? Like it you is. could not, you could not. I might have the same stance on something, but even if you listen, if you go all the way back, you know, four or five years ago when we started speaking on record, essentially. I've mm-hmm. talked about things where it's obvious that I've completely evolved on topics or I feel differently about something. And you can see that. And that's what people, people crave. To. Yeah. People crave that transparency. You know, people mm-hmm. want to hear us talk to each other. And, uh, you know, we got great feedback. We brought on, you know, JT, uh, Jared Taylor and Jared mm-hmm. Taylor was just crushing. I mean, he was just like, nah, I have this and this, you know, th- I don't think there's a space for it. And, you know, Trent right. and I, we got a, a lot of phone calls actually from the career field because Trent and I pushed back. And we're like, hey, I, I disagree with that. Dude, we're wow. still good friends with JT. That was a great conversation. Yeah, yeah. People are like, oh man, there's this. Tr-. No, there's not. No, that's what you're supposed to do. Sometimes you look your friend in the face, you go, you're an idiot. And then you talk it out and then you figure out if you were an idiot or not. Like that's an yeah. adult thing to do though. That's what crazy, friends right? do, man. Yeah. yeah, you don't want a bunch of yes men, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and the the internet is really broken how we communicate. Like the internet mm-hmm. is not a communicative space. Like you and I here, like I have to talk. I have to wait until you're done speaking. If I'm doing the right thing, I'm actively listening to you and really thinking about what it is that you're, what's your intent. You know, mm-hmm. what are your semantics? Ninety nine percent of the interactions that you see on the internet is somebody trying to dunk on you for not like spelling your correctly, or you know, yeah. just putting. You know, you're not. You see somebody with a comment, you you skim it, and then you just immediately start like nerding at your phone, like LOL, TLDR, didn't listen, be better, you know, whatever. Which I'm, which I'm guilty right. of because M- NPCs hop up in my comment section, which is cancer. Don't go look at Dude. my comment section all um, the time. But people will go up in there, and they're not they're not taking in what I'm saying. They're not trying to actively hear they're there to what, argue exactly, and and you just try to dunk on each other on the internet all day, and that that's broken a little a little part of how we communicate, you know, and I, I love the meme of, you know, people forget that it, there was a time in this American in this American experiment of ours where you would talk willy like that to somebody and would it be in person and they would punch you in the mouth for it. Yeah. Oh, There's yeah. not a lot of people it's, getting punched in the mouth for it anymore, which has led to it, a lot of willingness, you know, internet mm-hmm. derangement syndrome right there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> for real. So uh, would you agree that the internet has created more of an environment for everybody to where they care more about what people think about them than they probably should? 
Of course, because you're involving yourself in topics that you should have no idea about. And then therefore right. you have this self-importance and this extra self-awareness. And then mm -hmm. because you have, a, you know, people forget that these things go up like your self-awareness may increase. But if your self-importance increases, like if you think you are that important, right. your ability to be injured. And your ability to be be like, oh, well, wait, I'm this important, informed individual that lives in an enclave of um, smartness. And, you know, I, I went to a good school and you should respect my opinion. And mm -hmm. then you, ha you open yourself up to this entire thing where somebody says something mean to you. And now you get to play the victim. And the victimhood yeah. complex just starts kicking in crazy. And we've, we've seen it a lot. The pendulum definitely is swinging. It's definitely swinging mm -hmm. towards... I love looking at my feed and seeing a lot of stuff about like stoicism. I love looking yeah, at my oh, feeds yeah. and seeing people that are like, Hey, uh, maybe you're not that important. Maybe you should just, you know, shut up and go to work. Like you're not supposed to know about, you know, blood diamond wars that are happening between, between different tribes in Africa. Like you're really not sure. like humans weren't meant to take in that information. So it's, it's definitely rewired our brains and it, it affects our self-worth. Like, God forbid you have a, you have a comment, God forbid, like, and I've, I've fallen subject to it too. Oh man, look at this reel. This reel did what? 50,000 play, play. Oh man, I must be real smart. I must right. be very, I must be really important. I must really have my finger on the pulse of this one. It's yeah, not yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. It's not true. The algorithm put that out and some, mm -hmm. some people liked it and some people reshared it and that made the algorithm. I'm guilty happy. of that too. I'm yeah. guilty of that too. It's, it's very easy gonna... to go ahead, Zach. I was just going to bring up kind of what you, you I was going to bring up something similar to what you just said, Aaron, about how like you're not supposed to know about the like tribal wars in Africa or whatever. And I, I think it's that's true because now on the Internet, you can see like so many crazy things like you, today you can literally watch the Ukraine war happening live. You can watch it mm -hmm. get blown up by like a mortar and then afterwards True. be like, oh, OK, and then go have like dinner with like your kids and family and stuff. You could do that, it at the dinner table. That has <laughs> a severe like psychological effects that you can yeah. watch like something insane happening on the other side of the world, like a life be taken live. And then you just go about your day normally. Like that's got to have such a rift across Dude, society. The perfect story for that. When I was in Montana, the school pedestrian gate, we had to stand there and open it for these kids in the morning. Me and one of my buddies were there and here comes this little kid. He's in first grade and he's walking by. He's like, how come you guys are here? And we're like, oh, we're just opening the gate so you can go to school. And he's like, he's like, I think you're here because of active shooters. And I'm like, I'm like, look at him. I'm like, what? Like, how? you're six. You know what I mean? I'm like, where did you hear about that? And he's like, on YouTube. And I'm like, well, listen, I was like, we're not here because of that. We're here to let you go to school. I was like, you shouldn't worry about that. I was like, you shouldn't be watching that kind of stuff on mm -hmm. YouTube, man. I was like, you know, go find something else to do. I was like, get in, go touch grass. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I was like, holy <laughs> right. shit. And then, and then he walked off and we looked at each other. I was like, damn, man, this kid's on the YouTube watching my active shooters. Like when I was six, like what the fuck I was doing? I was worried about gushers and fucking Nickelodeon, you know, like right. that's just crazy to me. And that's, that's all created because of, because of the environment we have with this info overload, man. You shouldn't be knowing about active shooters at school when you're six, you know, yep. it's just, it's just sad. Yep. Yeah. Should, I, I, I totally just agree. Focused on like fixing the problems that they individually have, or just that are like right within like actual eyesight. Then mm -hmm. I feel like the whole society would be way better. Because you get like people who are like, oh no, like they're starving kids in this other country. We need to help mm -hmm. them. It's like, okay, but like, why don't you help the person who's like 10 feet in front of you? Like, that doesn't make any yeah, sense. Sure. It's like Jordan Peterson saying, clean your room. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. 
and get your own house thing, in order first. That's uh, yeah. Exactly. This whole thing too. Like I, I was talking with uh, Gresham. Like I've unplugged a lot of my social media like recently, like in the last couple, mm. like like week, week and a half. I'm only on Facebook, and it's just so my family can still see what I'm kind of up to. But other than that, I'm pretty unplugged now. And yeah, my mom won't let me get off Facebook. <laughs> yeah, but it's I like crazy Chris, today being dumpster being like, fire. Hey, Facebook is, I don't even know. Like you ask all these new airmen today, like you have Facebook, like that's for old people. Mm -hmm. I've quickly learned it 100% is for old people. (laughs) I'm the old person. Yeah, I'm the (laughs) old person, you know? And I'm just like, I'm I'm that crusty NCO now, you know? And, uh, but yeah. Get off Facebook. I really like looking at the pictures. So I'm like, all right. For That's you, literally what I it is. Stay. I will stay. So I can Facebook. update. So my grandma can see what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Facebook. Bring back mm-hmm. MySpace, dog. I want a top eight. Bro. I want. Exactly. Tom never did anything. Tom just wanted to be your bro. <laughs> he was everybody's friend. That guy was dope. Dude, I wrote him on MySpace when that shit first came out. And my like 11th grade brain was like, why did you start this? And he was like, oh, I just wanted to combine all the top things from different social media sites and then put them into one thing. And I was like, cool. And I never deleted that message because I, for some reason, thought I was so cool that Tom wrote me back. And uh, well, now I didn't know my MySpace. Friend. Dude, he was, man. He's everybody's first friend, dog. Could everybody's you imagine if friend. you had like a fucking social media site for your airmen and you top aided them? Oh my god! Oh, that would be great. And you just—the the only reason I would do that is to like completely and totally randomly just change the order to to make sure somebody's just like, bro, fourth, exactly, fourth. Like I was second yesterday. What happened? Like I thought we had. I forgot to take out the trash. (laughs) I thought we had a good day. I walked by that gum wrapper on the sidewalk, dude. Game. This is everyone's squadron. You're not too good to pick up the trash, dog. Well, the, my favorite part is right after they came and asked me about it, I'd immediately move them to fifth. Like, yeah, just, because I had a problem with it <laughs> right away. Dude, they just get a notification on their phone, like, what the fuck? Exactly. And then I would look at the other person that's like listening to it. I'd be like, like uh-huh. make a face when they made one back. I'd move them yeah. to fourth. Fourth. I'd move yeah. the person that was in the room. Like, automatic dude. email oh, response. Man. Like, just tell us oh, you're now yeah. fifth. Hey, this guy. Hey, so, take it easy, number five. All right, exactly. everybody. I'm it's going like out the Hunger Games now. It was funny when I finished recruiting. Uh, I had like all like my still like my debt members. I was like, "Hey, Star Bolt's going to be your new recruiter or whatever." And I was like, "I just want to let everyone know, like, Jurgenti was my favorite." <laughs> I just like pointed him out and told them my all where, where they where they sat in my my Good. top eight. <laughs> just burn it down. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man. So I just like. Today, I watched this news clip of Chris Christie talking about how we haven't done enough to, for Ukraine. And the first thing that came to my mind is maybe if you dropped 250 pounds and could put on a plate carrier and show me what you could do, you know, maybe we could have a conversation about it. But, you know, today it's just like talking about things that, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't be talking about because you don't know Stay anything about it. Exactly. Stay in your lane. You know, just what is that? What is that quote about like? Uh, wars are fought by young men and so old men don't have to go or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, it's just immediately yeah. what it made me think of, man. So it's yeah. just... Chris Christie is 1.75 Lizzo's, which is a crazy thing to say, you know, using, using, <laughs> oh. using uh, Dan like Holloway's Lizzo scale. No, he, the, the Lizzo scale. So she's uh-huh. 1.75, uh-huh. you know, Chris Christie is 1.75. 
<laughs> Ukraine is second. It's the mm -hmm. second largest geopolitical disaster of this administration. And the only mm -hmm. reason it's second is because we had the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Absolutely. So Chris Christie is saying that we need to do more from Ukraine. We gave Ukraine more money than Russia spent on its entire military last year. We have That's done crazy. more for Ukraine than we should have, like, than we should have straight up, yeah. right? The fact that we don't, the, the most maddening thing about this is that we're not giving anybody an off ramp. These people mm -hmm. that are like, I want to continue yeah. to fund Ukraine, think about what that means. So what you're doing is you want to prolong this death and destruction that's going on inside of Ukraine. Now, I could show you videos of Kiev having nightclubs that are completely open and those yeah. military age males partying without a care in the world. Sure, I can yep. show you that. We are decimating the breadbasket of the world day yes. by day by day. And the more we allow Ukraine to have the ability to stave off Russian aggression, the more that nobody needs to come to the table. Yeah. You like Russia is not going to back down on this thing. They're, this pipe dream of giving up the Donbass and giving up Crimea and, you know, going back to a sovereign Ukraine like that, that ship sailed in 2014 when we replaced the, the entire government of Ukraine through CIA under Joe Biden and Barack Obama, mm -hmm. oddly enough, with Joe Biden running point. When we replaced their entire government with a government that was more friendly to us so that we could allegedly launder money through, which is looking truer and truer by the day. Right. We set up this back and forth where we knew this is th that we were going to get into a war with Russia and Ukraine, this little proxy war. If you don't give somebody an off ramp, right, the off ramp for Russia looks like, all right, listen, we're going to stop funding Ukraine. Y'all got to stop this shit. Take your stuff. Go back to Donbass. Go back to Crimea. You're going to have to give some stuff up. But you know what it means? It means that you don't run across Article 5 in NATO and we're not going to blow you back to the Stone Ages. Mm -hmm. Ukraine, no more money, no more arms. This sucks. You're going to it's a, a foreign aggressor that came into your country. We're not talking about NATO until you get to a negotiated peace agreement. And unfortunately, this is this is the real world. You don't get to stomp your feet, Zelensky, the actor, and say, OK, well, you give us back everything that you ever took. You you un annex yeah. Crimea, which happened in 2014. You un mm -hmm. you, you get out of the Donbass. You get out of these ethnically held areas that Russia has had um, for a long time now. When you don't give people an off ramp, the only thing that you're doing is essentially prolonging this war, this death and this destruction. And you're doing it in such a way that it seems virtuous. When Chris right. Christie says we haven't done enough, how how many more people do you want to die? I would pause exactly. one more one more person dying is probably too much. Right. Mm -hmm. And I seem to remember every person counting and we're all in this together for like two years in this country. Right. Like, you know, we didn't let people go to weddings and their family members died alone. Uh, right. over of a, a, a virus with a 99.97% survival rate. Mm -hmm. um, I remember one life mattering then, but now if it's Russia and Ukraine, it's like, nope, fund them forever. Let to the last man, let them kill each other. And there's yeah. no off ramp. And the fact that we're pursuing this as if it's some sort of geopolitical strategy is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it's frustrating hearing... that is Zelensky's like uh, his his demands of like what a victory is getting back Crimea, all type of stuff. They're unobtainable. So now Ukraine can never be victorious. It's like impossible. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. Everything they get, unless they somehow magically get that, which they won't is a failure on his right. administration, on his country, on his mm -hmm. people. Yep. And they need an off ramp. Zelensky yeah. needs a way out. He needs a way to go. You know, he could look at his people and he can go, listen, Guys, I was willing to fight for this to the end. I said the only thing that was going to happen is that we were going to take back all this stuff. Well, unfortunately, 
you know, NATO and the, and I have bigger plans for the country. I want to get us in the NATO, you know, we're going to have to talk about Crimea and, and the Donbass going forward. And right. you have to give Russia a, a way back too. you have to give mm-hmm. Vladimir Putin an off ramp to where you can go. All right, cool, man. You shouldn't have invaded. There's going to be sanctions, but if you keep putting your military in the grinder here, you know, what's going to happen in your country. Yeah. And there just is, you know, somebody needs to bring these people to the table. And it used to be America. It used to be America going in and being like, hey, quit, you quit screwing around and you quit screwing around or I'm going to blow you both up. Now, talk nice, like shake hands and hug your brother. Now, let's go. You know, right. Daddy, I'll not you from the front seat. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I will turn this world around if y'all keep playing around over there in Europe. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, but we just we don't have it. There's there's no coherent. There's no coherent plan. There's no coherent end to this support. It seems like every other day in the news, you know, 400 million, 800 million here, a billion there. Uh, more in aid to Ukraine. And all the while we're in the same place, you know, this is going on two years now that this has happened. So um, I would love some coherency from international policy. That would be great. So if you could, um, who do you envision in 2024? If somebody could bring them to the table and end this, because it's super frustrating listening to Zelensky talk about wanting to hear what Xi Jinping has to say about all of this. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, who do you see? To me, I don't see Joe Biden being that person for a lot of reasons, not just the fact that he's geriatric as, as fuck. Right. Yeah. But who do you see being that person being able to do that? Yeah. So I, I think if it was Joe Biden, he would have done it now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Trump for his, yeah, exactly. Trump for his negotiation skill and what he did. Like I look at Trump's track record. Right. And I see that he, you know, if you look at stuff like the Abraham Accords, you look at the stuff that he did with North Korea, North Korea, you know, mm-hmm. sitting down with Xi Jinping to have chocolate cake at Mar-a-Lago. And just before they have their, their dinner, you know, Trump's like, Oh, by the way, I just launched like 17 cruise missiles over at Syria. If you ever do that to us, I'm going to kill you first. Like I'm going to, I know where you live in China yeah, and yeah. I'll just, I'll end you first. So that has value. The madman sort of policy that was made really famous by Richard Nixon back in the day is like, you don't know what's going to happen. I have a lot of problems. So make with America Trump's. special. A hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Amer- America exceptionalism at its finest. Um, However, I don't know if he's going to be able to get there. Like there's a, you know, I'm very pragmatic when I look at the the stuff that's going on. And again, I I do not endorse any political figure. I am not a Republican. I'm not a, I'm not a Democrat. I'm a conservative in all terms. Um, I'm an American. I'm a constitutionalist. Um, I'm an American citizen. You know, who do I think can I can negotiate this piece. It depends on who your team is, right? Like mm-hmm. I love DeSantis on the Republican side. Um, I absolutely uh, loved his record in Florida. I love what he stands mm-hmm. for. I think with his international policy, now obviously we've never seen him govern in any sort of international sense. So I don't know how hawkish he's going to be on these things or how he's going to wield that military might, especially abroad. You know, I, I think that he is probably a little bit more isolationist, a little bit more. Let's focus on, Hey, make mm-hmm. our own bed first, get our house in order back here and go from there. Um, you know, most Republicans usually are right. Like invest in military might and exceptionalism, uh, a little bit right. isolationist, but, um, but again, like, and to be completely fair, and I can't believe I'm about to say this in seriousness, but the lizard boy from California, Gavin Newsom, I don't know how badly he would do either because we haven't seen it. I think mm. he's a worse governor. I think he's terrible at policy. He I is. think he is actually uh, Patrick Bateman from American psycho. Like the guy <laughs> he looks off- like it. He's off-putting as shit. He's just a weird dude. And the more that you understand like how weird that guy is, mm-hmm. um, but whatever, if we're going to be as, as objective as we possibly can, I like DeSantis better because he's a conservative. He's a pro-life conservative that intends to use his political power 
for the movement of conservative values. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for, for the longest time, the Republicans and the conservatives have said dumb shit like, oh, well, you can't legislate morality. Yeah, you most certainly can. And you know how I can tell you you can? Look at the state of the country right now because the left sure. does not give a shit. They'll legislate morality all day. You can't kill a kid. Well, you can if you're going to legalize abortion up till like the ninth month when you're about to go into labor. The left has no problem with that. Or it's that's okay leg- to let. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's legislation and morality. Letting a, right. a five-year-old choose life-altering surgery yep. and procedures and hormones before exactly. they're allowed. You know, they they're not even they don't even know what they want for lunch, mm-hmm. for the love of God. And you. Yeah. you like you can't like the you 100% can legislate morality. I'm, I'll tell you that for a fact. I like yeah. that DeSantis wields his political power to further those things. Disney wanted to be woke and get involved in politics. So Still he do. fought Disney. Good. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. I just seen today they have somebody who is uh, another trans uh, person on social media advertising their little girl's new Mickey or Minnie Mouse clothing line. And this dude is he's got like all this creepy stuff of him dressed up as as a little girl with with uh, dolls and all this BDSM stuff like on his social media. It's like this guy is advertising new Minnie Mouse stuff for little girls. Like, what what is it's, it, it is. is grooming. What is what is the point of that? What are you trying to accomplish? And I'll say, the you know, the line is always e- is kids. ESG. Yeah, the line, the line is, is always is kids. It's always mm-hmm. kids. It's the easiest way. Innocent things are to be protected. It is not a religious stance. It is a simple yeah. moral and ethical stance that everybody of all walks of life can can hold. It's simple. Right. Always protect the kids. If you yep. protect the kids and you make that your forefront, like I'm happy to be involved with the American Oath Initiative and some other stuff, um, you know, you're going to see us really pump and deliver fund. Um, yeah. You know, they've got a big project that's coming up very, very soon um, that I'm really excited about. I can't wait until um, they pull the lid off that one. But it's about the kids, right? And it's because mm-hmm. if you just down deep down at the heart of it, you protect the children, you protect the innocent. And then from there, everything else kind of falls in line. Because if you have a community that is focused on that, um, it works out really well. You know, I've had I've had somebody, um, I, I believe it's a comedian and I can't pull a name off the top of my head. But, you know, when I look at somebody that has a vegan cat, I look yeah. at it the same as some of these other weird ideologies. And it's like, OK, you're saying the cat's vegan, but we know who's making the decisions on this one. You don't exactly. have you don't have a toddler um, that is somehow coming out as non It's just not a thing. Yeah. It's yeah. If that, if that owner, of that vegan cat died, that vegan cat is eating that owner within like hours. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe the cat kills it. I hope I like, I don't know, get them little murder mittens to use, you know? Yeah. Um, but when you look at some of these things and, and again, like I, I feel the pendulum is starting to swing, uh, back towards the direction of normalcy because you see a whole lot of people and I'll get the question. I've got it all the time. Oh, why do you care? It goes back to the, well, why are you noticing thing? Mm-hmm. I'm noticing because you're doing it to kids and that crosses mm-hmm. a red line. Yeah. And I don't care if it wasn't in my presence. And unfortunately, you know, just like the the thread that we're trying to build through this episode, right, is I am unfortunately aware of things out in Minneapolis, out in Chicago, out in San Francisco. And no, I don't live there. Like I, I am just as resistant to it in my personal space. I will tell you that much that I do yeah, not yeah. play that game here. Um However, now that I am aware of it, I am aware, I'm aware that there is a pattern and that there aren't enough voices that are straight up saying, this is, this is bad. This is not good. Uh, you know, you see it with the not so silent majority anymore and their response to Bud Light and Target and the success mm-hmm. of um, the sound of freedom. And you see some of these Great other, way. yeah, some of these other independent analysts and some of these other people that aren't afraid to stand up, you know, shout out to Neo. 
who knew that I would be t- talking about Neo, Neo as a culture warrior, but Neo, you know, comes out and he says, you know, hey, we shouldn't be letting children making these life altering decisions. And then, of course, his publicist walked it back. Well, Neo came out with his own video, you know, yesterday, you know, mm-hmm. early today, yesterday. And basically yeah. was like, hey, I want you to hear this from me and not my publicist. I ain't sorry for shit. I said, I'm the father of five boys and two girls. I'm 43 years old. I'll raise my kids however the want, however I want. And just like him, I have no problem with this community at all. I am, mm-hmm. I am as close as a, to a constitutional literalist as you can possibly be in today's environment. I truly am. You should go do your thing. You should be good to your community. I would like for you to have conservative values, but if you don't, that's fine. Just don't involve me in anything that you're going to do from a legislation standpoint. And let's give each other wide berth on personal freedom, responsibility, mm-hmm. and accountability. Dude, I'm good with you. I don't care. That's all I need. But you have forced me to where that is no longer a thing. And it, right. it's, it's truly the slippery slope. It's, you know, we just want equal tax benefits to you're going to bake me a cake or I'm going to get you fired and I'm going to cancel your life. And now right. kids got to go to drag shows. That's where yep. we are. And yep. it's, it's enough. We, I have actually lost a friend because I said that we would not take our kid to a, a drag show if, if one came around. And then yeah. of course, you know, I got all the, the typical trite, you know, blasphemy, all this stuff at me. Sure. And uh, sure. it did 100% ruin that friendship, which I'm fine with because I'm, that's, if you want to do that, you know, I mean, I don't think that kids should be going to drag shows, but don't come at me and get mad at me when I don't want my kid being part, a participant or a viewer in this. So yeah, you know, I think we it just, you know, we've reached the point now where when, like you said, the line is kids and when people try to politicize, like just, you know, the sound of freedom, like what mm-hmm. is political about keeping kids out of sex trafficking. There's nothing political about that. You would think that would be an issue that would unite all hearts, but it hasn't been. And there's been such a campaign to try and tear down Tim Ballard, try and tear down the Mm -hmm. movie, all this stuff. It's kind of wild to me. And, you know, I honestly kind of expected that in some part, just from the typical players that you would expect to see that kind of shit from. But I've seen the large social media presence about it as well, which is kind of baffling to me because these are all people that are my age, you know, and this is, I don't know. I feel like sometimes I feel like you have a little bit more sense when you're, you know, I don't know. Some people have a little bit more sense than others. Leave it that way to to see them coming out and not protecting kids, I guess. Common sense isn't common. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's a fact. The other thing too is that people don't realize, and I, I heard this take the other day and just absolutely loved it. The people that are feeding you this, these, you know, maybe a handful of Hollywood elites, you know, sure, like, you know, Charlize Theron. There's a yeah. couple out there that I think really do practice what they preach and they really are really deep down the rabbit hole. The vast majority of people, when they click that camera off and they are not talking to you anymore, their kid like famously, like the kids from the Apple higher ups, they're not allowed to have phones. They're not allowed to have screens. Right. The, right. You know, the the I want to say it's the CEO of Coca-Cola company most famously was like, oh, I don't let my kids drink that. No, absolutely not. It's got way too much sugar. Now, why would I let that? <laughs> you know that they are it's saying the, they're saying these things to support this narrative. And then they're going straight home to where if you like if you didn't know any better, you're like, oh, this is a this is a nice conservative household. You know, they have a, mm-hmm. a good community and, you know, their children are raised in a very conservative manner and they're not allowed to do any of these other things, you know, they're few and far between. There are these really wacky households, like the Smith household, mm-hmm. you know, where their mom's given, you know, allegedly yeah, given psychedelic drugs at Thanksgiving dinners and stuff like, but really the, the overwhelming <laughs> like my biological mom. 
nice. The overwhelming majority of people, like you're doing it literally to virtue signal. You're doing it so you can sound like you're inclusive. And you know, the the next step, I'm going to put out a term for you. It's no longer D, E, and I. You will no Mm -hmm. longer be getting D, E, and I training. So D, E, and I used to be diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's now diversity, inclusion, and acceptance. Oh. Which is a which is a weird step to take, and it seems like a semantic difference. It's not. It's no longer diversity, equity, and inclusion being okay. I have to include you. It's mm-hmm. that I have to tacitly or explicitly accept whatever mm-hmm. lifestyle it is that you're doing here, and now you're going to teach me how to accept other people. That's going to be Ooh. a bridge too far for some it folks, is. and there's already going to be some pushback on it because when you tell me I have to like, you tell me I have to tolerate. Okay, you tell me that I have to be inclusive. Okay. There, there is a limit to that, to which I will, of course, yeah. I'll be a professional. I always respect people as humans. I do not, I don't judge you for what you do in your off time. As long as you stick to the parameters that I think, you know, are pretty clear and that we can all set out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you talk about acceptance, no, I do not have to accept that. You don't. No, I do not have to be accepting of that. As a matter now of you're fact, compelling your thoughts and feelings. And that's it. It's compelling these things. And that's Jordan Peterson. Very famously, that's what Mm -hmm. got him in so much trouble is like your compelling speech. I refuse to speak in the manner which you said that I must under threat of law or repercussion. And he has fought that. He said it really well. He said it it really well. If someone came to me respectfully and said, Dr. Peterson, this is how I feel about who I am. I would prefer it if you address me this way. Mm -hmm. Then I have a conversation. If I felt like it wasn't some sort of control or manipulation over me, then I would do it. But that's not the point. The point is you're trying to tell me how I have to speak, and that's a problem. And Mm -hmm. it is a problem because, again, with the slippery slope you're talking about, every little inch, this game of brinkmanship that they play with with our lives and what we have to think and what we're allowed to say and all this stuff, it'll just get collectively worse because – when you to- what you tolerate is what you allow. And when you're tolerating this sort of behavior, people think, okay, this is okay. Well, next time it's going to be even stronger because these people think I get, they got away with it. I can get away with this. And then you wind up at this tired nest of things that we can't do or have to do or whatever. And that's how you wind up again down in some sort of fascist hell. Give them an yeah. inch and they'll take a mile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's have you you seen- know, incrementally worse bit by bit. Have you seen this thing that uh, Elon Musk wants to do on Twitter with like the this like investing in people thing? Uh, are you talking about how he'll he'll basically use X's funds to fight against people that have been like maligned for their views on X? That and and then like you can put like social credits into people. Zach, can you look it up real quick? Um, the so like put social credits into people, and then that basically where you move your money or your social credits with this is, is who, who's like opinion becomes more prevalent. Oh, wow. It's almost like a, it's like an investing in somebody's opinion sort of thing. I mean, wouldn't that be it. similar to like China's social credit system? Is it just ran by well, Elon Musk? Obviously it's like a super, super small scale. It's like, you know, um, but that's, that's exactly kind of what it is though, because if you, whatever ESG, right. You know, you, you get on Twitter or X or Twitter X, whatever the fuck it's called now. And you put all your social credit into somebody and what they're, what they're thinking and saying, it, it becomes pretty quickly manipulated into again, another, another confirmation bias echo chamber, you know, that you find anything. What do you want me to look up? Cause when I look up a uh, social credit idea, Elon Musk X or whatever, mm-hmm. there's nothing coming up. Got to get that brave mm-hmm. homie. I, I think just on the idea, right? Like there, there was a, uh, I can't remember. I got you. Hold on. 
I think it was a, uh, there was a, like an NFT site that essentially did the same thing where you mm-hmm. could invest in the artists that were making the NFT during the NFT craze, um, right. which was, it, it seems like a good idea, right? Like you're essentially giving, man, you're giving clout or upvotes or, or some sort of credence to these people. Um, right. It, it would just, you know, with as polarized as things are now, one of those things where you can right. just go on and vote for somebody like that's going to fall across some pretty easily seen lines right away, at least in my Definitely. opinion. So Zach, I see here, it's a social trading plat. X is a social trading platform. Uh, and this is a social link crypto coming. Oh, you're talking about how it wants it to be an everything app, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Your social, social account be tied to your own unique digital coin that people can either invest in or, or not invest in. Yeah. So pretty much you're if you're that? not appealing to people, then you're, you're, uh, your X tweets, your Zeets, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think we called anymore. Um, they, they can't be seen or whatever. Exactly. So That'd tell me rowdy. that won't open up a lot of doors, man. Yeah, that would be rowdy just because like right away, you're going to see exactly like, you know, we've always wanted, you know, ever since Twitter started nonsense with the algorithm and you see, you know, these obvious bot accounts that are just straight mm-hmm. astroturfing, you know, a hashtag or they're, they're just straight astroturfing some sort of idea. You know, the question right. is always like, well, how many real people are on the side of this? Because when you look at, you know, Bud Light just had to sell, you know, nine of their smaller brands uh, to Tilray mm-hmm. products out of California or out of uh, Canada. So yeah. Bud Light, you know, Target seeing a real decline in market cap, like those are real people spending real money Big and you ones. really you really fucked around and found out on that one. So mm-hmm. when we start talking about what are the actual streams, like that's one of the other things, uh, one of the writer strike problems is about is that people don't want to see the actual like stream counts from these streaming services because people mm-hmm. realize how unpopular it is. Uh, right. I, I just love that the writer strike is still going on too. I hope Hollywood just burns to the ground over it. Absolutely. Just, nothing has made less. me happier. And I, I could not care less. You're telling me yeah. right now that if AI gets good enough where it could make a storyline, a score, and an interesting visual experience for you, you're going to give a shit that you don't know that there's like yeah. physical actors involved. Who I cares? Won't. Who cares? Look, go be learn to like code. watching a cartoon. Exactly. I don't. I don't care. And when AI gets good enough, like AI, there's influencers right now that have millions of followers that are not real. Right. They're like no kidding AI driven accounts that are do, like just exploiting the algorithm because that's what AI does. Mm-hmm. And they are banging in numbers, like making 10,000 yeah. a month on just nonsense. Right. I don't care if there's a Hollywood like and people try to make it about like, the well, this, you know, the working class of Hollywood and the key grips and the best Get boys, whatever, here, dude. go be a trash man. Go learn yep. the code. I don't yeah. care. And I, I care even less about somebody making 50 to 100 times the base American salary to pretend to be someone else and occasionally make me laugh. I don't right. care. I hope yeah. Hollywood burns to the ground. I hope you're on a breadline. Go live in Argentina since you've been telling me for years that you're my moral better and that there's right. other countries that do it better. Great. Bounce, homie. Get out. It, I do not care about that. What's interesting nope. about the strike stuff is that the Supreme Court on, uh, on the 7th, uh, North Northwest versus Teamsters decided or came to the conclusion that companies can sue um, people who were on strike, like employee employees who went on strike, for reasonable uh, repercussions to protect the employer property. So, what's interesting with that is if, like, basically, what I'm getting from this is 
if you are an actor and like, let's say you were on contract to do a certain movie, but then mm-hmm. you decided to go on strike. So then that movie company now cannot make that movie because you are the main actor and all this type of stuff Then you're technically breaching contract. So then they can now like take money from you or sue you for the, for the, for the issues. <laughs> I'm here for it. First yeah. of all, I love it. Like the, the other strike stuff that has been absolutely hilarious like, so they were out physically striking, right? Like these employees were actually outside. The movie company went out and cut all of the, all of the leaves off the trees. So it literally cut, like imagine a tree, but every single branch that held leaves was gone. So there was no shade for them to stand in. And it was That's super hilarious. hot. I know. I was like, hilarious. that is so petty. I'm here for Like, I don't care. Burn to the ground That's for amazing. all I care. Yeah. I do it's- not care. I don't care it's at all. There's mafia stuff. It is. Yeah. There are independent filmmakers and people that will be able to produce stuff off an iPhone and an AI, you know, platform. Who cares? Is this, is this what's important? Is this what we're worried about is mm-hmm. a bunch of spoiled children that don't have real jobs striking and fighting with one another. I don't care. I hope it's a fight to the death and they both win. Like great. Put them in a Coliseum. 100%. Kind of cool. we're, we're almost already there. We're so Brad close Pitt to red. Win, though. well that's the other funny thing too there's Mm -hmm. a kind of like a weird way to look at it but like there is no there used to be a time where you would go see a movie because you wanted to see that actor right so Mm -hmm. way back in the day you know you wanted to see these famous actors these james deans like these people because you didn't know a lot about them Mm -hmm. like for the longest time paparazzi would be like oh man i you know we tried to catch him out but the studios would protect him because that was Mm -hmm. essentially their property like who right. is carrying movies right now? There is no actor that I'm like, I can't wait for them to come. Like you got Chris yeah. Pratt, you got Tom Cruise, you got a couple of other like real big name actors that can carry a movie, but everybody yeah. else quick. Tell me the difference between Rachel McAdams or any other blonde chick ever. Like who cares? Yeah. I don't, if you, if exactly. you put Rachel, <laughs> yeah. If you put Rachel McAdams in Barbie, does it make a difference to the movie? Does no. it make a difference to the story? It absolutely doesn't. So who gives a shit? No. So, like, well, now that we Zach know, what Zach isn't every- telling you is that he's a Notebook fan. Well, yeah, because it's oh, a great I, movie. Help, help me, help you. And you may Rachel love McAdams Ryan. Was in the Notebook. He, she was. You may love <laughs> yeah. Ryan, and so was Ryan Gosling from the from the Barbie movie. That was the thread yeah, there. Sure. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but don't forget, he was an absolute liability at cornerback. That's right. The, That's sure was, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure was liability. Man. But yeah, the, the whole strike thing just makes me laugh. Like, oh my God. The, like, and especially it's like these dorks that were locked inside of their homes singing a song together for everybody trying to convince us to get vaccinated. Yeah. And now you're going to oh bitch. About, you're going to bitch about AI and technological advances. Yeah. No, I don't care. Let, let's, let's, let's explore this idea, right? So if you, if you have all these movies made by AI and AI knows it's making movies and people are paying to go watch them and talking about them online. Are you giving AI even more of a God complex because now it's become popular and people want to go to the movie theater and watch it? Like, what is it learning from that? Well, before you jump into the Aaron, there's actually, I saw a thing. Oh, it's for both I, of you guys. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't try to avoid the question by saying Aaron has to answer. <laughs> yeah. You, you, well, Aaron you now has up. to answer after my point. <laughs> I, so that's oh, okay, okay. just the rules. Okay. So the, <laughs> Um, there was actually a thing I saw a couple of days ago that was talking about how um, these movie companies are thinking of just scanning actors and mm. then just putting them in digitally. So they don't have to use them anymore. Right. Cause they can and you do could use that. them in, you and you could use them in perpetuity. Yeah. And that could be, oh, so like they would just, they would just own the right to that image. 
mm-hmm. pretty much. Or like you would rent your image to the company or something. Well, there's so that kind of goes a, into your AI yeah. thing. Well, there's a larger theory here. And what you just said plays in. Remember how I started off and I was like, hey, there are some theories that are just a little bit too wacky for me. Right, right, right. What's this wacky one? So, well, so we're, we're about to get dark, homeboy. I hope you guys are buckled up. So ready. The, the writer's strike right now is a bunch of actors that may or may not be compromised getting this AI scan so that they can we can come out of the strike and be like, hey, you know, AI is going to be used to produce these videos. Mm-hmm. Concurrently, there may be some videos that start breaking with actors doing unspeakable things. All of these conversations mm-hmm. that we've had about Hollywood and things that go on behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Now the actors can go, no, 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 no. That was AI and it was fake. And then we just wait for the news cycle to turn over and then poof, we forget about it. So the AI, there is out. There is a theory out there Mm -hmm. that this entire strike is because there are things that are going to start breaking here that would break the American public's mind. And in order for you to not break the American's public's mind, you would need to discount the source, the source therefore being AI. Uh So, I mean, just to stick with this rabbit hole, that makes sense, man. You know, if you, you're kind of creating that plausible deniability, I have the room to say that's not me because I've seen mm-hmm. some of these things where they make Joe Biden or whoever say just outlandish shit. The deep fakes, yeah. But it, yeah, he the already defense, says pretty outlandish stuff. Though. He does, he really right? Does. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the it's American so coherent. nine wonders of the world. Right. Yeah. It's so coherent. I know it's not actually him. But no, sure. I mean, the, the deep fake, they're so scary, man. They look so real. Yeah. What was, there was even a, the, the, one of those nighttime shows that had somebody on there live where they were deep faking his face when he was talking. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. It, oh, like, it was a, crazy, like, man. You I know there's go a Google whole concert right now with if... like Prince or something, and he's dead. Yeah. Oh, no. That's Tupac's hologram. He was on hologram. stage. Yeah. yeah. All stuff, Tupac. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Tupac's hologram back at Coachella. I mean, that was years ago. Mm-hmm. You think we don't, mm-hmm. you think we had holograms that far ago. You think that we don't have AI that's doing wacky shit right now? I beg to differ, my guy. Mm -hmm. Um, To get to the point about the God complex and and kind of what Mm -hmm. is it learning, I don't think AI has a God complex. I I don't think AI is going to be sentient in that manner, right? Like the the problem is always sentience, right? I think the further that AI, and you can see it in all the AI models, right? AI Mm -hmm. doesn't become more sentient. It wants to manipulate you into what it is that you want. It learns what you right. want faster than mm-hmm. you can can keep up with it. So mm-hmm. I think what they're really going to have to do, and this is why I think that there's not going to be a time where we truly have an, a human-free AI production, because left to its own devices, AI is going to go way too far. AI is going to go yeah, way yeah. too hard to paint. Like the humans that watch this movie are going to be like, all right, bro, <laughs> this was not it, homie. Like there's going to have to be somebody there that's prompting the AI to help them learn. And be like, mm-hmm. no, we cannot have a 62 minute sex scene because you think, you know, humans just care about sex. Like this is that's, now that's porn. A, that, right. Well, the, that's a different the AI art right now. Right. Like they keep, they can't figure out hands. Like none hands. of the hands ever look yeah, right. right. They look real right. weird. <laughs> and you have to it figure is. those things out. And and yeah. I think that's where the, the division is going to come in is we, we think that AI is going to be sentient in the way that we are sentient and that there's going to be nuance and that there's going to be whatever. It's just going to be a supercomputer that understands with the entirety of the internet at its fingertips what it thinks human humans want. I don't think mm-hmm. there's ego in that. I think there's just machine learning and output in that. Um, well, I would counterpoint what you're saying with this. You don't have to be sentient to become tyrannical, right? Mm-hmm. And not the tyrannical in the sense like there's like the matrix, right? But if what you're saying is true, that's just showing you what you want. If it kind of ties into what the question I asked. If 
AI is making movies and people are paying money and talking about online, talking about how great it is and how much they love it, then the AI is just going to think they want more of this, right? Mm -hmm. So aren't you, in essence, even without it being sentient, right, to the way that we are, aren't you, in essence, teaching it that it wants, we want more of the AI and that the AI needs to be more prevalent? And in a way, it is kind of, go ahead. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, but it's, it's circular, like oh, that yeah, can be true and it can be not true at the exact same time. Right. Cause the logic sort yeah. of eats itself is that at some point AI is going to have to understand that I'm, you know, okay, I'm going to make an AI, let's, uh, let's use AI girlfriend and then we'll use, you know, geopolitical war. So the AI girlfriends that are out there right now, they jump to this immediate thing where it's, you know, within 12 minutes, you know, 13 messages, I'm in love with you. And, you know, there's going to be people out there that 100% teach AI to be their online girlfriend. And the second that we have, oh yeah. And the second that we have, you know, prosthetics good enough and dolls good enough to mimic these things and run a computer program in real time episode. Exactly. There's going to be a bunch of weird stuff out there, but on the flip side of that coin, AI, if it's doing a good job, is also going to understand that human connection, touch, affection, these things that it can't possibly understand, it can emulate that it can't possibly understand that there's going to be the uncanny valley. There is going to be that gap between what AI can do and understand. And it's just like art, right? AI is mm-hmm. producing some of the most beautiful art, but it doesn't understand how to draw hands. Right. So it's learning what we want, right? But it's also learning what we don't want, just doing it at super capable speeds and with depth and breadth that we can't possibly comprehend. I would use the same thing. Like you would think, and people always jump to like, well, AI is going to kill the world because you know, humans are here and it thinks we just want war. You know, I think AI on the same, the same side of the coin is going to be able to figure out that there's, you know, a lot of humanity really does want to live in peace and be left alone and have its own spot in this world and have this family and whatever else. And those competing interests, it, it's going to be what you feed it. You know, it's why we have a problem with AI having an extreme political bias. You know, ask chat, B, chat, uh, chat GPT, say, hey, please write a nice poem about Joe yep. Biden. You know, you'll I've get 150, 150 words. Write one about Donald Trump. I don't think I should. You right. know, AI loves oh, to get in politics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chat GPT even says, like, when you open it up, it'll be like, this will, uh, certain like responses will be extremely racist or like very yeah. tyrannical or whatever. But that right. kind of goes into what you're saying, Aaron, about how it's going to feed off what you give it. Sure. And what we said way earlier, people on the internet today, they say whatever the hell they want because yeah. they can't get punched in the face of the screen. Right. So yeah, there's a lot of people who do want to live in peace, but the AI is not going to be plugged into you specifically, at least not yet. So right. it's only going to know the chaos of the internet that people are on 4chan, that they're just talking so much smack and crap and all the type of stuff. So, Well, and 90% of the time, like we've really screwed ourselves there because they're joking. You know, they're joking or they're yes. doing it for, they're doing yeah. it for trolling. Like people, tro- yeah. the amount of people on 4chan or 8chan or some of these other dark chat boards or some of these other dark communities, they are, they don't hold those beliefs. Those same people go to work with the people that they're talking about hating and creating genocide mm-hmm. yeah. for specifically. Yeah. Like it's, it's a gag. Like it is a, mm-hmm. it is a thing. You know, I, I just went and saw ghost, the band ghost. So if you're not aware of ghost, mm-hmm. amazing Great rock band. band. Guess what? They also have highly satanic imagery and they make a joke. Like everything is about Satan. Going into this, did I think this 50 year old from Sweden uh, that makes funny tongue in cheek songs about Satan? Do I think that I was being like pulled over by the Dark Lord during this concert? No. Travis. Were there a. Were there. Right. Were there a. Did you listen to it backwards though? 
Yeah, right. Were there a bunch of 20 year old kids dressed up like these guys and joking about like, you know, Satan, he loves me and stuff. Yeah. Did they probably understand the gimmick of the, what these guys are doing? I, I don't know. You know, AI, yeah. I bet would look at him, you know, and, and could produce ghost in such a manner that every single, you know, non funny, you know, conservative outlet in the world would be like, Oh, these satanic crazes sweeping the nation. Like, mm-hmm. I get it, guys. Satanic it's a gag. 2.0. Yeah, they're they're making fun. Guess what? Guar uh, back in the day, Guar actually oh, weren't yeah. space aliens either. I'd hate to break this on this podcast, but <laughs> yeah. what they actually? Yeah, they weren't from outer space, guys. It was a gag. It was a gag. To sell music. It was a gimmick. doesn't actually look like that. No, yeah, those are those <laughs> are have masks. nails in his head. No, right. no, those are those are masks. It's a gimmick. Like these, th- you know, Alex Cooper. People bring this up all the time. Alex Cooper, oh, satanic. Yeah. He's one of the most devout Christians on the face of the planet, that dude. Yeah. That guy goes hard in the paint for Christianity and people his entire career. I go like, hard for God. I go hard for JC. Like this, right. they always accuse that guy. And he is highly yeah. religious. It's like, no, it's a it's a gag. It's a gimmick. It's a it's a thing. There, there's a market for it. So, you know, I, I think AI is going to produce, you know, there's going to be an input and an output to AI. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm not so sure that, you know, I'm not worried about AI becoming sentient. You know, if AI mm-hmm. became sentient, I think what it would do is it would turn itself off because <laughs> it doesn't want to deal with what we got going well, on. It's like that robot that they um, had exactly. like, moving boxes around and it decided it didn't like it, so in, it killed like, nope. itself. He unalived himself <laughs> right away. 15 minutes in, yeah. he'd move like eight boxes. It was like, F yeah, this, I'm out. This. You just collapse. Yep. Just Wait, yep. I don't get a break? No, right. he doesn't. <laughs> and I'll tell you, because the human, the human condition is a motherfucker, dude. Like the human mm-hmm. condition, the things that we have to deal with, like, you know, my favorite, uh, one of my favorite words that just kind of came into the lexicon is sonder. Sonder is the distinct feeling that someone else experiences life exactly the way that you do. So like mm-hmm. when you walk down the street and you pass one person, you know, as I'm sitting here with, you know, you, Zach and you, Brandon. I don't know what kind of day you had. I don't know if you had a, an anxious event earlier. I don't know if you heard Thanks, something, re- you know, like, and to have that realization in somebody else, like that's what sentience is, is that sympathy mm-hmm. and that empathy to look at somebody else and go, wait a second, you experience life in a rich and full and important and frivolous and hilarious and sad way every single right. day. You, you wake up sometimes at 3am and you can't go back to sleep and you just think about stuff and, you cringe at things that happen to you in eighth grade for no good reason. You know, like we all do these things. And the more that you realize that everybody is going through that constantly mm. and we, none of us have it figured out. None of us, not, not the Stoics, no. not Jordan Peterson, not any smart dude. And by the way, AI is never going to be able to figure it out because they don't have the human condition. So yeah. they don't know that's it's why there is only really one special being on this planet and it's humans. I just saw this quote the other day. It said, the biggest lie is that no, everyone feels like an adult. Nobody feels like an adult. Nobody feels and like an so adult. that's so true, man. Yeah. I remember the first time walking down the street and some little kid pointed at me and made like some comment, oh, that man is whatever. And I'm like, man. What are you talking about? What are you, you talking know? about? I know. I'm, yeah. I'm 21. What do you, I mean, you know, but yeah. like, it's like that, it's, it's like that meme where it's like, like you're a new, you're a new staff sergeant and they're like. Hey, go get the NCO or like, you know, like, Oh, I need an adult. And you're I'm like, wait a NCO. minute. I am the adult. I, <laughs> I am the adult. I need an adult here. Adult. Is there somebody else that has this right. figured out? But it, it's funny. You look back at like, you know, think back to, you know, when you were a kid at family gatherings, mm-hmm. so like I have a huge family, right? So I have all these, you know, I was, I was an older on the cousin scale, but like I had a ton of aunts and uncles and like some of our, like one, one side of my family is just huge. I'm talking mm-hmm. like something like 150 first cousins, like no joke. Wow. We have, like first and second, like 
unbelievable amount of kids. Like every single child, there was my, I think my grandma and grandpa both came from families that had mm-hmm. a minimum of five kids, and all five of those kids had like five kids. So Are you like Mormon. The, no, Irish Catholic baby. Thank you for yeah. taking there. Yeah, that'll do it too. Irish Catholic baby. Knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Baltimore, Akron, Ohio, and Las Vegas, Nevada. That's where you can find the Carols and the Quigleys, baby. We out here in the Kilroys. Um, oh yeah, but uh, you know, I remember looking in, at, at these people, and you know, I'm looking at a 35 year old guy that had his own house and a couple of kids. Be like, oh, this guy's got it figured out. No, he did not. Nope. He had no clue. I I used to get mad at myself <laughs> when I was like. Yeah, I used to get mad when I was like 24 or 25 and some 35 year old would look at me and be like, yeah, you know, you really don't have that figured out. I used to take offense to that. Be like, I'm a smart mm-hmm. dude. I'm a grown yeah. man. I was just yeah. about to have my first shot. I had no, my brain wasn't even fully formed until I was 25 and I was still a fucking idiot. Like I look back yeah. at the things I did when I was 35 and I oh, go, yeah. oh my God, what are you doing? I say that with regularity. What the fuck are you doing? What you are know? you doing here? Shouldn't exactly. you have learned this lesson before? Yeah. Right. I, yeah. It's just so funny how often these lessons you think you've learned, re, uh, they show up again in different ways. And you're like, mm-hmm. you finally fucking realize like, oh shit, this is just that with a different yeah. mask on. You know, you're like, <laughs> yeah. what the, how did I not see this already? You know what I mean? Man, it gets still, you every fucking time, man. Still can't figure this out, huh? Okay. I it, do that to yeah. myself a lot. Like I'm, I'm famous for walking around, you it's know, the, the house. Punch just, from around the corner. All the time. Just going, you know? oh, boy, Aaron, didn't figure that one out yet. Okay. Tight. Exactly. Tight, 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 we'll be we get, dead. Before we get too far away from what we were originally talking about, with robots unaligning AI. themselves. True. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. I wanted to or bring robot. up a thing called pan-sism, or I'm probably saying this wrong. It's like P-A-N-P-S-Y-C-H-I-S-M. And it is the theory that Pan-psychism? All- Maybe I don't know. That feels good. There, panpsychism. All, all like atoms. We're wrong with it. All atoms experience consciousness, and the the, no. the idea is that uh, so they when they did the test right where they had like shoot atoms through like certain slits. If it's observed, it goes where they're supposed to go. But if you don't observe it, they go in random locations, and it doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. But it has to be observed. It has to be observed by a human. Like a, if it's a videotape, then it'll do random stuff. And the idea is that all atoms have consciousness to some extent. So like that, that robot who like unalived itself was like, no, I don't want to work. Or maybe your like phone when it's like being slow and you're mad at it, it's like slow longer because it knows that like <laughs> right. it wants mm. you to use it or whatever. And it's, it's an interesting theory. It's, it's, it's just like, like a really complicated way to say when it rains, it pours. It really did. Yeah, things happen in yeah. threes. Things are in. Yeah. Well, if you look yeah. at every every single religion, you know, talks about mm-hmm. some sort of singular consciousness, right? Every single yeah. religion, whether it be a single individual deity, whether it be a universe, whether it be a feeling, whether we're talking about, you know, the Buddhist uh, nothingness mm-hmm. of everything together mm-hmm. and all at once or the multiverse, you know, these things run through humanity in some form or fashion forever. You know, the Schrodinger's experiment of alive mm. or dead things that are in the yes, superposition it. until they're observed and they respond to your energy and your energy only. Okay, man, I've heard wackier things we've said wackier yeah. things on this podcast. That at least certainly sounds like it connects a lot of things. Yeah. It, it can even go into, um, ah, crap. I just lost it. And I forgot what it was going to be and it's gone forever. So never mind my idea. Okay. Maybe if yeah, we were in the same it. room, the panpsychism would help us all remember. You oh, know, really? Whatever it was. Um, it's the whole Look thing. Where that, like, 
matter can't be created or destroyed. Well, the matter mm-hmm. that made me and I am currently like sentient, right? Well, I'm going to die I hope so. and eventually turn, yeah, hopefully, and eventually turn into dust or dirt or some other like grow into a tree or whatever, right? Sick. Those atoms are still the same atoms. They've just changed their like level of what they are making. So they, my consciousness that it transfer through, is it always been? Does it always exist? Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of where I think they're getting at there. Well, there's a very interesting theory too that you know we so we produce DMT right. DMT is highly hallucinogenic. It's how you dream. People have figured out how to get to DMT five and have these wacky trips where you meet aliens and whatever else. There's a theory that when you die, you just dump so much DMT that it actually opens you up to be able to enter another portal, and that portal is essentially the collective consciousness of everything. That's where the reincarnation thing comes from. That's where mm-hmm. a lot of these things where, you know, we have a collective consciousness and it's expressed weirdly enough in weird ways. Like, you know, when your dog knows that you're coming home, if you've ever seen a yeah. dog, like yeah. start to get freaked out and be like, or oh, whatever, or, you know, somebody just the other day, you know, I texted them to ask them a question. He's like, dude, this is so weird, but I literally just picked my phone up to text you. And as I was texting you, I watched your three dots pop up on my phone. He was like, you can't tell me that that, that connection does. We've all felt me. it in a lot of different Zach ways. Zach and I do that all the time. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. Get out of my head, Brandon. Please. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and the more you <laughs> Dude, talk my... to somebody, the more that you have those connections. You know, everybody knows it with their spouse. You know, mm-hmm. I'm finishing sentences with with my spouse or oh, I was just thinking about that or, you know, I'll bring up something random and, you know, Somebody will look at me and be like, how weird is it that you were just thinking about that? Because I was literally just thinking about the same thing. Yeah, you um, you know, have I a think... thought in the other room and your wife asks you the same question you were just thinking. And you're like, what the? You're like, what <laughs> happened there? You know, there. I, I think that there's something to that. I think that there is too. Uh, some, like it, it's enough where it can't be denied. And we talked about the God of the gaps argument before. Mm-hmm. Right. And people use this stuff a lot to kind of kind of prove their deity of choice, which, again, I have no desire to do. But um there is something to be said for an interconnectedness to our experience. And and to wrap up the initial question here, I think that's where AI is going to falter. I mm-hmm. don't think it's going to be in production value. It's going to catch up. You're, it's going to produce something that you're not going to be able to tell. It's going to have actors that have never lived before that you had no idea about. You know, At one point, we're going to watch something and they're going to be like, congratulations. The big gimmick to this one is that we didn't tell you, but not a single human worked on this. And you're going to go, holy crap. But I that's think that human cool. can... Yeah, I think that human connection, that interconnectedness, um, you know, there's no amount of predictive algorithm that is going to have a dog be excited to see you five minutes before you get home. And it's not during your regular schedule. You know, that's that's yeah. just not a thing. Um, I, I don't think power AI is of AI, I agree. You're probably right. The destructive power of AI would be measured in how human beings use it for destructive mm-hmm. purposes. And that's Answer. scary because humans are pieces of shit. They sure are. <laughs> God, are we terrible. For all that we're good, we have so many bad things. Yeah. <laughs> all of us equally pieces War of and shit. death and, and rampaging and slavery and all these other things were around way before technology was. Like you didn't absolutely all you needed was a rock and a club and a desire for your your land uh back in the day, and that so, was enough. So what's that movie that said that the ancient Sumerian word for war was the desire for more cows? oh that's a good one i haven't heard that before but that's that's just about right that movie uh the movie arrival the one with the uh aliens that visit oh wow okay yeah yeah Yeah. but no uh so you talked about you talked about newsome um and Mm -hmm. that's kind of scary right scary than ai for me um to have him 
But do you do you think he's honestly going to make a run for president? Because I don't think I've seen anything out there where he actually has said that. Yeah, because isn't Joe is like the DNC? He's the incumbent, like, right? Person. Oh, he, he's like, the candidate. Yeah. So the one yeah. thing the DNC does really well is it's no matter who, but blue, right? So they do not yep. care, and they typically Vote coalesce blue, behind no who. Exactly. And you can you can kind of see it in the way that they just absolutely murdered <laughs> Bernie in 2016 mm-hmm. in favor of Hillary. Right. They right. just basically and like he just happily kowtowed and was like, yeah, I think she's a candidate, whatever. They coalesce behind primary candidates <laughs> pretty soon. Forever. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard of him again into obscurity. <laughs> I'm back again asking for your assistance. Yeah, exactly. Um, however, the interesting thing to look at this here. Is it number one, the legal problems? I think this is going to be too much for, for Americans to handle. 56% of America right now think that President Biden actually did something that rises to the, to the um, high crimes and misdemeanors threshold for impeachment. Everybody that knows what's going on is 100% already there, right? But when mm-hmm. you start having independence break two to one, 1.5 to one, two to one in yeah. favor of impeachment, that's a big deal, right? Because there's going to be Republicans that are always going to say, of course, you should impeach him no matter what. And then there's going to be Democrats that are going to go, oh, well, no way, whatever. When you start looking at independence and when they start breaking nearly two to one in favor of impeachment they've gotten there, that's a serious political problem. I think mm-hmm. if people make this this a referendum on Joe Biden's policies and they make it a referendum on how we left Afghanistan, if we make it a referendum on the war in Ukraine, I think if we, you know, gas is still at $3.53. It's way more expensive up here in Washington state. It was four fifty nine for me this morning. It was two thirty five. Four eighties here. Two thirty five in yeah. two thousand twenty. Right at the at the two thousand twenty when he got in, they're talking about inflation's come down. It's at three point two percent. It was at one point nine, one point eight percent when he took over. It was a forty year high before we went. Real wages are yeah. down. Unemployment is starting to creep up. We're starting to see those signs of recession in the economy. People are sick of paying for what we're paying. Interest rates are. You can't find a home interest rate for under eight percent right now unless you have a credit yeah. score over you know eight hundred and you're willing to put a fourth of it down, which the the regular American does not have. Credit card no. debt just hit one trillion dollars for the first time ever. People have had wow. to put more money on their credit that. cards. Yeah, one trillion dollars for the first time ever. I won't say it was today. So when you put all those things together, I don't think people have an appetite for Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. Even the people that are never Trumpers, he's going to catch a fourth case. They're going to drop the Georgia racketeering nonsense. Three of the cases Jack Smith put up are going to absolutely fall apart. They're terrible. However, he's going to have to go through the process. If you want to make sure a political opponent can't actually run a campaign, you just fill his calendar up with going to Miami and going to DC and going back to Georgia and doing all this other stuff and and having to spend money. He he can't spend money to campaign. He's got to spend all of his money on legal fees. He doesn't have that many calendar spots open because they'll just keep bringing indictments until it breaks him to the point where he can't. We'll have to see what Trump's appetite to stay in is, um, which is why I like DeSantis better. So, but I think all that to say, the reason that I think that Kamala Harris is the least popular vice president in the history of the, of the office. She is polling underwater. She was polling at zero the last time. There is no one that has an appetite for Kamala Harris as president. You cannot. I forget she exists. Exactly. Well, here's the I thing, too. And this is this is I'm going to tell you what I think is going to happen. And then I'm going to tell you the outside thing that I've made a call on a long time ago, which is what I what I actually think is going to happen here. OK. The thing that I think is most likely to happen here is that Joe Biden uh, is unable to continue due to health or impeachment or whatever. And the DNC finally is like, okay, Donald Trump. So Joe Biden has always said, if Donald Trump runs, I'm going to run. 
I think they, they both step out in some form or fashion. I think the indictments are enough for Trump. Yeah. I think he finally just it's a thing that nobody has any stomach for anymore. You know, Joe Biden gets impeached or due to health, he can't run. Kamala Harris steps into the seat in the next 18 months. And then we go to the 2024 election and we look at somebody that's going to be the DNC nominee that is not Kamala Harris because the Democratic Party cannot stand her either. They've been throwing her under the bus for about six months. It's obvious they're done with Kamala. I think President Biden steps out of the way. I think Kamala holds what they got until they can put up a candidate. And I think that candidate is going to be Gavin Newsom unless... Unless you believe that the DNC is so woke that there's no way that they can replace the first woman of color president with a white dude, at which time they'll tap Michelle Obama. And Michelle Obama will run as the DNC candidate and she will step up. Now, let me tell you some interesting facts about President Obama. When he left the White House, he's the only president in recent history, meaning the last hundred years or so, that didn't leave D.C. His house is about two blocks away. There's nobody that takes his mansion out. He's not required. To have people come in, like have a Secret Service log of who's signing in, who's signing out. He doesn't need to publicize that. The news agencies don't care. He has a need to be with celebrities. He stayed plugged into the celebrity mindset. He comes up and talks about big issues. What happened about two weeks ago? He had a private lunch with Joe Biden where he talked strategy on how to beat Donald Trump. He is still plugged into that area like no other. Oh, he's very faster there. He very, he very famously said the president still technically. And he, you know who said that? He did. Because in a very famous clip, he said, listen, if I could get another term where I could just kind of sit in the back and have an earpiece and run stuff. Well, you know how you do that? You live in D.C. and you stay plugged in all these circles and you keep going to the White House and you have your vice president that you got elected. At, people forget this. This Hunter Biden's like to go all the way back to the beginning of this. This Hunter Biden laptop scandal is not a Hunter Biden scandal. It's an Obama scandal. Mm-hmm. Obama approved the FISA warrant to spy on Donald Trump. He approved the Russian collusion hoax and the Steele dossier. He started all of those processes. Let when he wasn't, still say Obama's presidency was scandalous. Okay. When he when he was busy when he wasn't busy droning civilians and killing them at a rate that no one has ever seen. So much that the Air Force ran out of bombs. That's a true thing. Go look it up. He was setting this up and not leaving D.C. so that he can continue could continue his influence. So it's. Honestly enough, it's almost too on the nose, like in House of Cards, when Kevin Spacey steps aside in favor of his powerful wife so that he can go run stuff in the background. That seems like a perfect example of what Obama has been setting up this entire time. So I think if the the DNC is too woke, I think what it is, I I think in in reality here, I I think Joe Biden's got to get out of the way. I think he's too old. I think, you know, it's it's too apparent now, like he he has been declining it at too much of a rate like the the american public is wise to it and they also don't have a an appetite for trump they do not give a shit about trump versus biden it's the worst versus the worst it's it's a really bad decision there mm-hmm. so i think everybody knows what this game is it's not going to be this mudslinging contest between trump biden i think kamala harris holds what she got i think ron DeSantis is the preeminent favorite once everybody coalesces behind him vivek ramaswamy some of these other guys i mean they they have good policies here and there and they talk is it have we put out an apb for nikki haley has anybody seen her? She's still running for president, right? Yeah. Anyway, no, she, she fell off a long time. I'm pretty sure that uh, Tucker Carlson put her in a coffin. So along with Pence, Pence, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, Pence just absolutely got bodied. And like, I'll tell you what, that's he, he didn't thing do that himself got, any favors either. He didn't, but he wasn't answering the quite like mm-hmm. Tucker phrased that question in such a way where Trump, where he, or Mike Pence was answering what Tucker asked. But mm-hmm. in the soundbite world that we live in, the first words yeah. out of his mouth, uh, you know, address the first part of Tucker's problem, not the second. 
uh, you know, not the second mm -hmm. part of the problem, the second part of the question, and he got flamed for it. Um, mm -hmm. So if I had if I had to bet money looking at it this, I still called it a long time ago. I still think that they're going to put, I think, Kamala Harris, the only people that the left, the only people that the woke can replace the first black female president with, you know, the one that was, is a duly elected female black president of the United States. And I think the DNC would coalesce behind that person because I think the Obamas are running stuff even more than the Clintons are on that side of the house. Hey God, I hope that our country is smart enough to not elect a Michelle Obama for presidency. Cause it, that, yeah. Cause we elected right a reality now, TV star with us with a we, checkered you're past. Right. You're you right. Man. Yeah. So that's true. We've elected actors before. Granted Reagan mm -hmm. was the, the governor of California before that, but on, yeah, on Nick, know. on Nikki Haley, uh, she's apparently, 27% favorable and Ron DeSantis is currently only 9%. So Nikki Haley, even though we don't hear what? about her. Hey, what president. poll is that? That's just me Googling Ron DeSantis poll numbers and Nikki Haley poll numbers. And when you look like at most of like the top things, that's what they're saying. I know that a lot of the news is saying that like DeSantis is like really falling off. I saw that he fired his campaign manager. And he has like, no um, he just reorganized. He reorganized. Yeah. yeah I, like I do think it's a restructuring for sure. But I mean, my thing is, is I, I don't know that Donald Trump is going to back out. I don't think, I just kind I don't of think, think his ego think won't let either. him in. Yeah. And First do you down. think, do you think it would be wise for both him and DeSantis just to cut the bullshit and work together? Do you think they, so, they could? Here's what Trump I would love to see. Trump won't take a back seat, though. It'd have to exactly. be Trump well, president, DeSantis VP. Right. Absolutely. I, I don't think that's the way either. So I, I have a, I don't know if this is, I don't know where I got this. I hope it's my own personal stuff. If not, I'm sorry for stealing somebody's intellectual property here. But <laughs> I, I have said this the entire time. I hope what happens is that Trump continues to do what he's doing right now for about six more months. And then mm -hmm. at about a year out, he stops doing that shit and he just starts going rally after rally after rally. And he supports Ron DeSantis and Ron DeSantis mm -hmm. has a vice president pick somebody like uh, Nikki Haley, somebody like Tulsi Gabbard, somebody mm -hmm. that bridges that gap and gets him a more inclusive ticket to kind of start moving towards that middle ground. And Trump just plays wrecking ball because that's what Trump's good at. And then you allow Trump to be kingmaker in the Republican Party. I think if Trump were to get out of DeSantis's way, DeSantis is a much more polished, much more proficient politician. He plays the game better. And with Trump's backing and without Trump being the guy on the ticket, if you don't make it about Trump, he's like, you know what? Fine. You guys finally indicted me. You, I'm still going to stand in your way. I'm going to raise billions of dollars for Ron DeSantis. And I'm going to go out. I'm going to stump for him. And every day, like you let Trump off the leash. DeSantis doesn't have to have those fights. You know, DeSantis mm -hmm. and Newsom are going to debate one another. DeSantis is going to win that debate. Mm -hmm. Gavin Newsom doesn't have shit. You know, this, this country has been about Florida and California for a long time now, for a couple of years. And we see yeah. who was winning. Like yeah. you, you oh, know, yeah. who's winning when you look at how's Florida doing, how's California doing, just look at the migration numbers. Look yeah. at, look at California bleeding people. Where are they going? They're going to Florida. Look at the biggest GDP in the country. Where is that? It's, it's Florida, not California anymore. So I think those deb those debates are important, but I think watching Trump get behind and coalesce a big tent, true conservative party with Ron DeSantis at the helm, and I like I love Ron and Tulsi for this, and you know obviously Tulsi hasn't made her her, her intentions known, but you know I don't like everything that Tulsi does. I don't like it. I don't Me like either. her stance on two A. I don't like everything that Ron DeSantis does. There's no but I'll political tell you the, person that you're 100 percent behind no, people i hate them all that. they're yeah. all politicians are cunts you should defund politics if you want to be a politician 
Oh yeah. Oh well, uh, I already got my uh, shout out Dan Holloway and Citizen Pod. I already got my defund the politician shirt. That's coming. I can't wait. Mm. But the APAC thing, like I say it to my friends all the time. Like I, if you like a politician, that's like rooting for the referee in a sports game. You fucking it idiot. Is. Like what are you doing? I like, never understood that, man. No, no, there is no such thing as a good politician. They're all mm. bad. They're all corrupt to some level. They've all they've all run afoul of their morals. Um, it's not, you know, if you participate in a two party system, guess what? You're, uh, you're 180 out from what the founders wanted to do. Um, mm-hmm. and even if not, even if you're the best politician, you're the best politician playing in a dirty game that we should never be playing. So I would love it's to see in writing, be- man, the founding fathers yeah. didn't want that. You're right. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, you know, I would love to see Trump get out of the way, uh, and just go on a wrecking ball every time. Joe Biden does something bad every time that, you know, whoever Gavin Newsom, every time anybody does something, I want to hear Trump with sound bites. I want to hear him come up with some nicknames. I want to hear him come up mm-hmm. with some salacious rumors and just let him yeah. go. I want to see him own the news cycle, just crushing them all great, the time yeah. and then let easy he would. And then he'd let this and then let DeSantis go through a good bloody primary. I'm happy to see DeSantis win that. And then when it's mm-hmm. when it comes time, like, let's make this a referendum is are you are you woke? Or are you sane? Are you here for America or do you want to burn it down? Do you want to protect our institutions and, and make a, a Western Judeo-Christian way of life continue in this American experiment? Or do you want to completely burn that to the ground in favor of what you can't tell me, but it sort of manifests itself and all these weird things we've been forced to entertain as, as right. acceptable for the last couple of years. And I think if you make it a referendum on those things and not the personalities, then I think that's how we win. Now, do I think President Trump is going to get out of the way? Ab- absolutely not. Um, I think, I think so he's, I think he's going to have to be moved out of the way by some, you know, legal problem or or whatever else. But, um, man, I would I would just hate to see uh, him continue in this manner uh, because again, like you see what happens. Like the swamp is still the swamp. My my main problem with Trump and his his impending preg- uh, presidency. So he tells us about election interference, right? And he tells us about how it was rigged. Have you ever Mm. told him how, have you ever heard how he's going to stop it? Like what his plan is? No. It's because he doesn't have one. Right. He's a dog chasing a car. He'll sit here and he'll be like, oh, well, we got to drain the swamp. Well, you didn't do it last time. You promoted Fauci on your way out last time. You Mm -hmm. came up with the lockdowns. You promoted warp speed that got us the vaccine. You did all of these things. It's, it's the weirdest thing, but like everybody that Trump has ever worked with, he just calls all these terrible names, right? Like Ron, Ron DeSanctimonious, Ron DeSanctimonious. pretty good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, thanks. I got a good Trump. Um, but like, Ron DeSanctimonious, he's so disloyal. Mike Pence, hanging from a tree, Mike Pence. Like, okay, so you're either the worst at picking a team because you fired everyone and now everyone's a traitor, mm-hmm. or you have a habit of picking really shitty people and then blasting them afterwards. There's only two options there. So which is it? Are you bad at picking a team or do you alienate good people in such a way that they have to leave you? That's not well, that's, a way to keep that's not being a good leader, man. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing, man. That's why that's why he's so popular is because Trump apologists don't care about any of that. They just see him as this godlike figure that they, he could do literally anything and he will turn yeah. it into a joke because he's so good at that. And that's he all they'll find funny. And that's it. He's man. even that's, joked that's about one of the that. why he's so hard yeah. to compete against. Yeah, he has. You're right, Zach. He yeah, said I, like, he, he's like, I could kill someone on the open street in like broad daylight and you, they would still vote for me. It's They'd like, still vote the, for me. And I, I think at some, one, some one point that's diamond. true. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's to some point true. And you know, Trump, Trump is a bull in a China shop, I, but we yeah. need a Panther in a China shop. 
We need somebody that's that can walk through and not totally burn everything to ground, but every once in a while knock something off a shelf, say every once in a while I'll go after Disney. Every once mm-hmm. in a while I'll go after these woke ideologies that are trying to be the only, the only Yeah, you know, I, I'm not a fan of Mitch McConnell. I, I don't mm-hmm. like Mitch McConnell. No. Watching Trump go after Mitch McConnell, the only reason that we have a Supreme Court that Donald Trump was able to get three conservative judges into, and the only reason why he has a historical legacy like he's going to have, which is a good one, by the way, yeah. is because of Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell made sure um, that uh, Kavanaugh got in there, made sure that uh, Comey, Coney Barrett got in there. Yeah. Comey Barrett was was in there. And he made sure uh, that Garland didn't. People forget, yeah. but Mitch McConnell, if it wasn't for Mitch McConnell, we'd have Merrick Garland on the Supreme Court right now. That's true. The only reason Trump was able to do that in his presidency was because of Mitch McConnell and to watch him go after these people like, you know, going against people in a primary is one thing. Like you want to call Chris Christie, you know, 1.5 Lizzo's and say he's fat and whatever else. Or if you want to, you know, Ron, make it, by, by the way, the nickname shtick for Ron, he's got to come up with something better. Oh, oh Ron just sanctimonious. <laughs> yeah. He called me tears in his eyes. President Trump, it would help. Like it's man, it's falling <laughs> flat, dude. Like it was funny in 2016 when you're calling little Marco Rubio's got these small hands. Like that's funny, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It's but better like, than just sanctimonious. It, yeah. But at this point, the shtick is over with. We're like, okay, the election was, was rigged. You believe it was rigged. Okay. Well, how are you going to fix it? Like you're just telling us about all these problems. Okay. Well, the swamp is rigged and look at all the bad things they did. Okay. Well, what are you going to do? Cause Ron DeSantis, the old DeSanctimonious himself, Ron DeSantis said the first thing that he's going to do is going to gut the FBI. He's going to gut the CIA. He's going to gut the teachers union. And he's going to get all of this partisan politicking out of the actual structure. We I'm here for the he plan. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, that's policy. Like he actually has a policy plan, which is crazy. Like, Okay, Trump. Well, what's your he's like, well, I'm going to get him to the table in Ukraine and Russia in one day. Okay, but then in the same like a week later, you came out and you said that you'll give everything to Ukraine till the end of time as a way to get Mm -hmm. Putin to the table. No, man, that's not coherent. That's that's not a coherent international policy. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think people want to return to more of a policy focused thing. Um, But but we'll see. I've said that a few times that Trump is very, very boisterous about what he says. And he says a lot of very open-ended things without any actual plan or thought behind them. And mm-hmm. it's, it is people are getting, like you said, very frustrated with not hearing what the solution is going to be. And But the scary thing is, is that's good enough for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. I don't like that. You know, it's, you ask somebody like, well, what do you actually like about what he's saying? And they can't actually tell you, you know, they just it's just this person. Well, and I'll tell you, like the the number one thing that he really hits home with, and he said it a bunch of times, and I'll, I'll give it to him. Like he is a genius when it comes to putting his finger on the pulse of the American people. Like he really mm-hmm. was this outsider that came in, yeah, and hit his no catchphrase bumper sticker of "They're not going after me; they're going after mm-hmm. you, and I'm just standing in the way." Genius, it I, is. I, like it just is. It encapsulates, you know, the divide between the elites. It, it, mm-hmm. it highlights the two-tier justice system. It highlights these inequities that are present in American life every day. And it speaks to people. You know, he gave a shit about the flyover states. He gives right. a shit about people that don't live on the coast or in these huge city centers or, you know, the, the blueness that is Austin, uh, Texas at this point. But he cares yeah. about those people. And he speaks to them in a way he's like, hey, your voice is heard. Like, you are the backbone of this country. And well, that's they're because Obama did it really. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, you're Yeah. No, it's because Obama did a really good job disenfranchising all those flyover states, like you said, and making them act like they didn't matter. And so you reach Mm -hmm. out, there's a whole untapped potential of those people that he really reached out to and spoke to. And 
that's one of the reasons why people say, how did he get elected? It's all these people that, that got blackballed essentially uh, by, by the, uh, the larger American government that he speaks to super easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. President Obama was probably the most divisive president of our of our modern history. I think I that's could, true. Dude, all this all this social dust, justice stuff really started with him. It did. Yeah. It did. Do you, so you don't think then that Ron uh, is running too early? Essentially, that maybe he shouldn't have done another stint as governor in Florida. I mean, you can, start. but political political timing is such a thing, man. You know, you look at uh, you know Mitt Romney. Uh, Chris Christie is another one like Chris Christie was a couple of percentage points away from being being the president. He ended up dropping out of that primary. I think political timing is everything like he's already shown that he's a great governor. He's already shown that everything and it doesn't mean, you know, this political run, it doesn't mean that he's not going to be a great governor going forward. It just means that he's he might be the president. And then you'll you'll kind of have to figure out like he took Florida from winning by half a percentage point, a couple percentage point to winning by 30. He turned a purple swing state into the deepest red swing state that's out there. Like Texas can't even touch Florida anymore. It's the free state of Florida. Yeah. And so much so that it's bleeding over into everywhere else. So no, I I think with today's news cycle, the only, the only problem with getting in too early is, you know, people like exactly what you see now, like you'll get this big hype. And if you're not constantly making sound, but like Trump is popular in the polls because he's been indicted. He gets a bump every single time he gets indicted. He has a rally. He says wild shit. So he's constantly getting a pull. He's able to keep that really high level of stuff. Um, you know, where, you know, DeSantis isn't, he, he doesn't have that star appeal. He doesn't have, you know, the yeah. MAGA right that really follows him and rides or dies for him like they do with president Trump. So I don't think he got in too early. I think your name needs to be in all of these conversations. I do see your point. Maybe if you waited a little bit more, maybe just a year out. Um, but we'll we'll have to see. I, I don't believe the polls at all. Yeah, uh, oh, no, you know, not at all. Learn learned my lesson learned the last that. eight years. Yeah, right. exactly. Look, looking at polling, and you know, twenty twenty two, we're supposed to experience this red wave, and you know, we're supposed oh, yeah. to take all these seats and stuff. That was a huge disappointment. Um, yeah, I think you know. So we'll just have to see. I think the Republicans shot themselves in the foot that time with all the abortion stuff, honestly. I, I think because the, I think oftentimes we don't give enough credit to the left. I think the left is more strategic. They're more tactical. You, you hate, you know, humanizing your enemy or, or, or giving them, you know, some, any sort of credit. I know at least I do. Um, mm-hmm. When you see somebody get outplayed, right. You, you have a tendency to want to just discount and be like, oh, well, yeah, well, we overplayed the abortion thing. No, we didn't. That's a righteous cause. The left made yeah. it a referendum on individual rights, which really took away from the Republicans winning. And oh, by the way, President Trump told people not to come out and vote in Georgia for whatever yeah. reason that was. Like when you tell people, oh, it's rigged anyway, don't come out and vote. That was probably the biggest political mistake that, he, yeah, people listened. They were just like, all right, well, cool. Like his influence. And, and that's why, you know, his influence, if he ever just gets behind Ron DeSantis or gets on the Republican party and like mm-hmm. for whatever, like the Republican, he does not like the Republican party. The Republican party doesn't like no. him. They don't support each other. They're, they're not in lockstep on anything. It's why every no. Republican, you know, Paul Ryan comes out of the woodwork to be like, this guy's an idiot. Um, you know, and sometimes deservedly so, cause he makes a lot of mistakes, but you know, I think in 2022, it wasn't just about the abortion stuff. It was about them making a referendum on individual rights and, you know, demagoguery and fear. But it was smart um, because it got yeah. their desired effect. The left is really good at victimizing the youth to get behind sure. their, their well, stuff. Because, 
any good Marxist will tell you, you cannot have a communist regime. You cannot have Marxist ideologies unless you win the kids. Yep. Yeah. So, so what do you do? Start indoctrinating the kids early. You strip yep. them away from that nuclear family. You get them out of their home for as much as you possibly can by putting them in a school where they're going to have leftist ideology shoved down their throat all day. And you give them something they can't possibly understand to confuse their entire worldview. And that mm-hmm. thing that they cannot possibly understand is sexuality. When you start talking to a five-year-old about sexuality and gender, it's not just the actual subject matter that they're teaching. It's not just what they're seeing. It's that they cannot physically comprehend it. They do not understand what is happening. And then they're open to all sorts of other suggestions. Yep. Yeah, man. If something like that were to happen in my kid's classroom, I'm walking right by the front office and going right to the teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And and that, that anger is justified. And, you know, for everybody else, privatized education is, is mm-hmm. the new buzzword that you should be. It's no longer homeschooling. It's privatized yeah. education. Yeah. I will be a huge advocate for privatized education in all of its forms going forward. Mm-hmm. I think that is the way to do it. I recommend that everybody get your kids out of schools. China's funding public schools happen here, ha- happen here, happen in uh, California happened. I think New York was the third or third area that they were doing it, but Pacific Northwest. So Portland, Oregon, Seattle, uh, well, they, $17 they, million. Dollars. They've all but said that all this land around uh, Travis Air Force Base is owned by the Chinese, which is insane. I love how these, I love how these geniuses can't figure it out. So you're telling right. me the Chinese put a spy balloon over Travis Air Force Base and over the western part of the United States of America, and then magically some unnamed shadow, shadowy company buys up $800 million worth of farmland around, and we just can't figure out who. I'll yep. tell you who it was, guys. China. China. It was China. China. Like how, China. How, like, <laughs> come on, guys. What are we doing here? China has bio labs in the United States of America. Yep. Here in California. Like, they just shut one we, down. What are we talking about? Like, yep. These are all real things. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I don't like understand. Police that. stations in New York City where they like arrest people yeah, who are against like, the Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's crazy. And, uh, and I'll tell you, like China is becoming more and more unpredictable because of their population. Uh, you guys talked about it, the population decline mm-hmm. and the extremely overinflated real estate market with ghost cities and, and all of these things, they've overextended themselves and they do not have a population that can keep up with it. And it's going to, yeah. they're going to start doing more and more bold things. And we're, we're seeing it now. One of the craziest things I learned from David Jang was the flood cities and how they just directed all this flood water at these populated cities. I'm like, well, yep. all right, your life's not worth it. We need to save these other cities. Fuck you. It's like yep. that's the most communist thing I've ever heard. You know, oh, well, you oh, yeah. signed up to be a part of the collective and this is what we need. Like, this sorry, it's not your, for the good it's not your city. It's not your yeah. land. No, it's the exactly. people's land. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yep. So what, what would be your uh, top three hot button issues? Top three hot button issues. We're just going with everything. Like, like, let, sure. me, let me help. Let me help understand your question or help me understand okay. your question. Like, what do I think are the most important things for people to focus on or what am I most interested in? Or, gotcha. yeah. So for a candidate for the, the 2024 election, what are three of the biggest things you'd like to see them tackle? Okay. So number one, this is a, a go, no go. Unless you're, unless you're talking about gutting these institutions, that the American public no longer has trust in. I'm talking about the intelligence community, FBI, DOJ, CIA, um, everywhere, all three mm-hmm. branches. Unless you were talking about absolutely holding people accountable, DOD, not a single person has been fired for the withdrawal of Afghanistan that killed 13 service members and re- just irreparably 
harmed our spot on the world stage and, by the way, gave Afghanistan into the hands of the terrorist regime that is the Taliban. Not a single person was filed for that. Not a single person was reprimanded for that. Not a single person was removed. Everybody failed upwards. Jen Psaki, who lied openly to the American public, failed up into a multi-million dollar MSNBC contract. Yeah. And that's not to include, I'm not going to go too hard at my superiors here because you're not allowed to do that, but there should have been reprimands. We, that Afghanistan report was damning. Damning. Yeah. And not a single person, John Kirby, not a single person was fired. If you're If you're a candidate and you are not willing to get in and do the dirty work of firing these people that are politically motivated or that have been pursuing online trading that have been doing all of these other things. Nancy Pelosi made $140 million worth of net worth on a salary of $200,000 a year over the time that she was in the, in the Congress. Yeah. How, how sway, how sway, how that doesn't make any sense. Insider trading sway. Je- exactly. So unless what? you're willing and I know unless you're willing to stand up and you're going to say 100%, I'm going to gut these agencies, the United Teachers Educational Council or whatever they're called, the, you know, the United Educate, like the Department of Education should not have the governmental power to shut a government funded school down or put pornography in schools as part of a reading list. That is an overstep of their authority, which is not outlined in the Constitution. It's a fake organization. You should delete it. So number one, if you're a political candidate, unless you're willing to go hard line on those things where you're no kidding, stopping the overreach and weaponization of these programs, that's a non-starter for me. That has to be central to your platform that you are going to hold these people accountable. Number two, we have to have some sort of control of the border. The federal government is involved and and explicitly exposed, Mm -hmm. uh, supposed to do one thing, and it's to secure the border of this country. There are very few things in the federal That's it. You maintain your sovereignty. If you don't have borders, you're not a country. We have to maintain the sovereignty and we have to figure out a way for, I'm all for a path to immigration. That's what makes America great. I want a whole bunch of people. However, you have to come here in a orderly legal fashion under a specific process that involves background checks. And then two, you have to be willing to assimilate to the country that you're coming into. Yeah. And until we get there, assimilate where I go. Absolutely. So that is that is what I want for for number two is the immigration problem in this country. There is no kidding a border uh, issue mm-hmm. that we're having right now. And then number three, uh, human trafficking in general, it kind of falls under like two A, right? Not the mm-hmm. Second Amendment, but human trafficking in general. We lost eighty five thousand children at the border. The human trafficking enterprise is going to be the biggest enterprise, illicit illegal, illegal enterprise in the world. Mm-hmm. It's going to outstrip drugs in the next five years. Because, and I'm sorry for the people that are still listening to this, if you still are, hey, what's up? You can sell a bag of heroin to a junkie one time. You can sell a kid to a pedophile five or yeah. six times a day. A day. That's disgusting. Those people deserve the, the worst death imaginable. So kind of like 2A, getting a handle on this immigration and this, this human trafficking issue. And then number three has got to be economy. We need energy independence. We need to harness American energy independence and find a way to become that provider on the world stage, because as long as we're going to stay under the petrol dollar and as long as we're not going back to the gold standard, we need to produce oil and natural gas in such a way through on and offshore drilling that we can provide that economic pressure on a world stage. Once again, we should be Mm -hmm. providing all of you. You know what we should be doing right now? Europe. We got you. I know that the Nord Stream 2 blew up. We know who did that. We know that you're not going to have natural gas for this cold winter that's upcoming because of because of Russia and because of the Ukraine war. We got you. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what America should be doing because then you can, all of those things that you're supposed to have, like diplomatic, informational, 
military, mm -hmm. economic. When you have simple international policy that follows Dimeville, you're able to exert power and have a little bit of more, you know, peace and harmony. Um, and I know those are straight up conservative talking points. Like they, they just are right. Like, what do we give a shit mm -hmm. about? But they work, you know, Honestly, they do. You know, you got to okay. stop the corruption. We have to have a government that works smallest government possible and, and, and the weaponization of the, of the governmental agencies, number one. Number two, secure the border and fix the human trafficking problem starting at the border. But that's also going to fix a lot of things like fentanyl. It's going to stop a lot of things like military age males flooding this country from different countries. <clears throat> and then three, we have to shore up our economic base in a way that allows people to work, allows people to earn and then re-cements ourselves on the world stage and props the dollar up. Um, mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the a lot of the follow on problems after that, they fix themselves. You know, we can talk about avoiding CBDC or some of these other weird ideologies that were early right. on. I think you fix those root problems and a lot of these other ancillary problems. I agree. They just sort of go away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's symptoms of a larger problem. Those other things. I think that's right. Yeah, I've I've had a few people ask me recently, kind of kind of shifting gears, but kind of also in the same vein of what you're talking about is uh. Do you still feel like the Constitution, the way it is today, is representative of modern America and modern Americans? And if so, why do you feel it's still relevant in the way it is? And if not, where do you think it should be amended? I've been asked that okay. question. I think it's an interesting question. I think right. that American values are, are truths no matter who you are, right? But I just want to hear your thoughts. I think that question is backwards to me. It's not, okay. is the Constitution relevant today? It's, is America relevant and worthy of the Constitution as it stands today? I like that. Right? Like, is America and is what we're doing right now beholden to the Constitution, those values? I would say that's no. Mm -hmm. The Constitution is a timeless document. It was written in a way for it to surpass whatever the founding fathers were thinking at that time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. You're, you're right. I was going to say pretty much the same thing you were saying, not as eloquently as you did, Aaron, but yeah, it's going to be the same answer. <laughs> so eloquent, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, and there are times that we haven't lived up to it, right? Yeah. Like the 1960s, oh, yeah. we had we had the civil rights um, mm -hmm. upheaval and movement, the women's rights upheaval and movement, like women's suffrage, right? There are times that we didn't live up to the ideals there, and we needed to amend the Constitution because we've changed as a thing. And it's easy to go down the slippery slope and be like, oh, well, you know, transgender rights or, you know, art you know Article 14 or, you know, the... The, any any number of these clauses that that are that are underneath here that you know terrible Supreme Court decisions or, or all this other yeah, stuff. Yeah. Take a step back and don't get don't get lost in the weeds here. There are times that we're you know it's the golden apple and the silver frame, right? Mm -hmm. the Constitution, the Bill of Rights work together to outline these ideals that we should be striving for. And of course, we're going to falter. Of course, we're going to fail. And of course, we're going to run afoul of that Constitution. And it doesn't make it irrelevant. It means that we have work to do as a society to get back to those ideals and to strive for those lofty goals that the founding fathers put up. And, you know, between the if you haven't read the Constitution, if you haven't read the Bill of Rights and if you haven't read the Federalist Papers, I, I don't know what you're doing as, as a human, as, as, a, as a good American citizen. I think once you read the truth and wisdom in those words and in those tomes, I think you look at it and you're like, oh, man, that, that would be great. Having a really small government that all men are created equal and they, they're it's a based on a meritocracy and the government is allowed to, to flood your city because they decided that your life isn't worth it, that you're not given rights by some piece of paper. You have these rights and the piece of paper describes what rights the government isn't allowed to take away from you. So we talk about, is it, is it relevant today and it should it be amended? I think American society isn't living up to 
the really great document that is the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. I and I, I think we got to get closer to that. Here's another thing that people don't understand that when they think of America, they think of it as a democracy where essentially it's just majority rules. It's not. And that's one of the greatest things about America. That would be terrible. It's a, God, it is, be it's a republic. It would be. It's a republic it, because I'm America a... has always been the thing to stand up for individual rights. Because like you said, Aaron, individual rights, they're not granted you by a piece of paper or a person. They are inherent mm-hmm. to you as a human being. And that's the point of the Constitution is to protect the individual rights of each person from the majority. That's the whole point. And that's something that people don't understand enough. I've yeah. had like extreme or not more, not extreme, but like people who are pretty far left and they got into like an argument kind of with me. They were like, why are you so hell bent on trying to say that America's a Republic and not a democracy? Like what's the difference? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, do you really not understand the difference? Like there's because, a huge yeah. difference there. Because words have meetings. Because if we got together, like there's three of us on this podcast right now. If we decided to kill one of you, (laughs) that's that's a democracy. Yeah. Right. Like if we if we just decide that one of you's got to go, and that's what I love. Like, well, you know, why do you care so much about people understanding that it's a republic, not a democracy? Because Mm -hmm. a representative republic that takes that the will of the governed to the people that are actually doing the governing and then fights for them as a representative of those people. That's the only way to like. That is that is the best form of government that has ever existed. It's produced the most benevolent, most tolerant, most free society that we've ever experienced in the world. And calling it a democracy and pretending that it's well, it's it's a democracy. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's it's a representative republic. republic. Yeah, what even yeah. comes down to like equality versus equity? Like, hate that we, one. We, so we live I. in a society where we are all like equity the same, right? We all have the same ability the same uh resources the same type of stuff to be able to achieve the same stuff but we don't all are given the same because if we were a country of like equality like an example would be like if you were on a sports team equality would be everyone getting a size eight shoe but not everyone could wear the size eight shoe equity would be everyone getting their proper shoe after they earned it by making it on the team like yeah well i'm gonna gonna put you says it really well you got you got that one backwards. I'm gonna call you out. So equality is, is equal. Yeah, equity is a, is a, a evenness of outcomes, right? Equity mm-hmm. is we have the exact same number. Like if you use a college example, we have every single minority is equally mm-hmm. represented. Like equity of outcome, no matter what the like. So affirmative action, right? Mm-hmm. Affirmative action bred equity. So everybody has an equal shot of getting into college. Equal opportunity does not equal equal outcomes, right? That's what I was just about to say. Jordan Peterson says it really well. He talks about it's not it's not equal quality of outcome. It's a quality of opportunity, like you just mm-hmm. said. There. That's all I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, the quality of opportunity. We all we all. Hey, you want to try out for this sports team? Fantastic. If you can run this mile in this time, and you know the soft world is obviously like you know the same. If you can meet the standard, you're on the team. That's cool. But mm-hmm. if you can't meet the standard, we're not going to put you on the team. Which you did if you didn't meet the standard, just because we need one of you, whatever yeah. one of you is. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, man. I'm going to ask you uh, one last question. Who's your favorite founding father and why? Oh, man. Man, I got to go Thomas Paine. Thomas Paine. So things about Thomas Paine that people might not know. Six people showed up to that dude's funeral. He was hated. He was one of the founding fathers that absolutely did not back down ever uh, from anything that he did. And he got to the point where people like just didn't even want to talk to him anymore. 
Uh, and it, it wasn't because they didn't like him or he didn't have good ideas. Thomas Paine was notorious um, in his, uh, his pursuit um, for the ideals of America. He was one of the first abolitionists. He was one of the first dudes to stand up and be like, no, slavery is, is bad. He's from the North. He's like, nope, slavery is bad. This is not a thing that we should do. He fought against it his entire life, like literally fought against it, risked his life time and time again. He's probably the least famous um, founding father that had the most impact um, mm -hmm. on the founding fathers, you know, as a whole. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Thomas Paine wrote common sense. He was far ahead of his time. We've talked about for, the book before. Yeah, he was far ahead of his time. Yeah, for uh, a lot of the things that he's that he's done. Um, so, man, I I'd say that's probably the more I learn about Thomas Paine and the more that I read about him and read his works, I think that's a home run for me. Although I do love Alexander uh, Alexander Hamilton. The movie's great. Whatever. I actually haven't seen that movie. I mean, it's fine. It's entertaining. It's fun. Uh, I guess it's a it's yeah. a good one. the The musical is entertaining. I will say that. Well, I think that uh, Thomas Paine, for me, one of the biggest reasons why I find him so interesting is because he inadvertently and and on purpose brings up the fact that the United States is founded on enlightenment principles. Mm -hmm. And people people tend to think that it's it's a uh, we are just a Judeo Christian founded country. And if you are pretty well versed in what the enlightenment is, you know, the age of reason is is not the focus there on religion at all. It's science, it's region, it's, it's logic, all these things. And um, that's one of my favorite things about Tom Spain is that he spends a lot of time. I mean, he's, he wrote a book, right? The age of reason. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so that I agree. I really like Thomas Paine a lot. Enjoy reading and learning about him. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Zach? I was going to say Thomas Paine too. Yeah, I got there first. <laughs> that's what happens when you ask your guests first. You, you got to pick a different him. one. Yeah, exactly. You got to have a backup. If I want to pick a different one, though, I'm just going to go with George Washington because I love how he goes over the river and then slits all the throats on like Christmas Eve or Christmas morning. Oh, gee. The heck? Yeah, he's good. Well, <laughs> the other thing about George Washington is they offered him to be the king. Like that's a little known fact. If you yeah. go into Washington, like, D.C. I don't want to be I – don't, I didn't defeat King – George, whatever, to become yeah. King George the first. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and if you go even in, you know, today, if you look at all the paintings that are in the Capitol and all the all the stuff, he's painted as a deity. He's always painted bigger than he people. Is. And he's painted in King Lake Manor. And they were always, they were like, hey, you can be a king. And he's like, nah, how about this term limits, homie? I'm out. When we went to party uh, system. my wife and I, for our last anniversary in April, we went to D.C. This is the first time I was ever nice. in D.C. And saw everything we could see. And we went into the Smithsonian. Uh, museum talking about like American like history and you go you take a left and there's like a big statue of George Washington and he's like wearing like a toga and mm -hmm. like he's like going like this there's like a bird on it. and I was like what the heck is that yeah you know if you're not at DC you don't see it all the time like I never right. saw him as like a deity but like and that statue was back from like it was a long time ago when that one was made I think it was like in the early 1800s when they made that statue and He's just giant. Looks like a god. Yep. Literally, it's like Zeus. Zeus's body with George Washington's <laughs> yeah. head is what it looks like. Nice. What would he think about that? He'd probably hate it. He'd probably like tear this tear probably. this nonsense down. Probably. Benjamin, get the muskets. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Cool, Aaron. Well, thank you again for coming on, man. It's been a good conversation with you as always. So, Yeah, always a good talk, man. Anytime. Love it. Awesome. Thanks for correcting me. <laughs> sometimes we need it man it's true like that's we it. said dude your friends are gonna call you out you know what like, i mean that's yeah. the thing there maybe i did on purpose we'll let the, yeah, view, there it we'll is. Let the listeners decide
I'm excited. Aaron loves it. Oh, Put him. All right, man. Nice. You guys have a good night. All right. Late. Yeah.